You're listening to Rookie Pirate Radio, the official anime and manga podcast for InBetweenDrafts.com. I'm Johnny Groney. And I'm Travis Hymas. And today we are ranking all the One Piece villains and debating which one we think is the best across the entire manga. So if you are not caught up on the One Piece manga through chapter 1086, you will you will hear some spoilers, <laughs> lots of spoilers. So just a heads up, this is not for more casual fans. If you've only watched the anime, for example, or if you are just starting out, come back to us. We'll, we'll be here when you've caught up and we'll talk to you then. Before we get into it, though, Travis, how do Rookie Pirate Radio listeners become Rookie Pirates themselves? Well, I'm glad you brought that up, John, because as you know, One Piece is coming back to us uh, this next week. So now is a great I can't time. Wait. I know, right? Uh, But now would be a great time for our listeners to share their expectations or upcoming theories um, or even corrections because we're going to be pulling a lot from memory here today. Uh, And one way you can get in touch with us is by sending us an email at rookiepirateradio at gmail.com. Say it again, Travis. I want to hear it. Say it it again. Rookiepirateradio at gmail.com. Oof. But even better than that is we have a Discord server where you can join up, and we have a One Piece spoiler channel and uh, a a direct anime and manga channel as well to have discussions with us, not just about One Piece uh, or even just anime and manga, but the entire suite of uh, different types of pop culture that we cover on InBetweenDrafts.com from TV, books, games, and more. Uh, There's been a lot of fun talk in the music channel this week about specific singles, and we have a new Spotify playlist out as well. So uh, plenty of ways to engage with us there, especially there in the Discord. Uh, And we look forward to hearing from you. We do. And I need help. I need help with uh, finding some new anime. I mean, there are a couple that I'm going to catch up on from this previous season, but I need a new slice of life anime, like pretty badly, Travis. It's gotten so bad that I'm reading the domestic girlfriend manga. And I shouldn't say bad because, you know, I love it. But I do want a slice of life anime. And Rent a Girlfriend just started its new season. Obviously, I'm doing that out of self-hate, and it's not good for me. So if any of the listeners can help me out, uh, I would appreciate it a lot. I know Allie Johnson has like 20 for me to go through, but I always worry when I do an Allie Johnson recommendation that I'm not going to like it, and then we're going to fight. I mean, at least as long as you fight here on the show uh, and we can make it content, Hmm. um, I'm okay with that. Travis, as long as we can monetize your dysfunction... And we should be fine. Actually, speaking of monetizing dysfunction, (laughs) we got to do this thing. We've got to figure out who is the best One Piece villain and figure that out. We have collected a list of most of the primary villains, if not all of them who are relevant to this conversation, who have appeared throughout the One Piece manga, and we're going to be assigning them a ranked tier. You might have seen this kind of thing on YouTube where you go through a, a bunch of squared characters and you put them on the tier list the tiers include for example the s tier the a tier these are the high ones and then you go a little bit lower to the b c d and f tiers and we're going to get all the way to the latest chapter of the manga and we're going to determine from there our definitive ranking we're probably going to post this in some format like on the discord of course i don't know if we'll turn this into a post for in between drafts it it probably will depend on how good of a job we do (laughs) because if it's not a good ranking then we may we may want to avoid publicizing (laughs) it any further right i mean if you if you need to shame us uh the discord would be the place to do it that's right and 
the place where people will probably shame us will be in uh, how we abide by our own rules. But let's set the rules from the onset because Travis and I really had to piece this together. We had to come up with a system and we're, we're going to try. We're going to do our best to go by it. We're going to make our arguments. But here's how this is going to work. Let me walk you through step by step. All right. The characters that we're going through, they have to be more of a villain than an antagonist. Villains and antagonists are not mutually exclusive, but they obviously have a lot of overlap. So we're going to try to leave out characters who are kind of antagonistic, but not necessarily villainous. Uh, For example, if they really aren't like a primary obstacle in their given arc, and this actually applies to the second rule, no henchmen, unless they serve as a primary obstacle during an arc. So an example of this, we are going to be including Katakuri, for example, who is, I think, a primary villain of the Whole Cake Island arc. But we wouldn't uh, include a character like Blueno just because he fought Luffy, because he really was just sort of like fodder by comparison. And uh, we're going to do a lot of this, though, on a case-by-case basis, because there are some secondary antagonists we are going to include. And if you don't like it, then let us know why, (laughs) and we'll do our best to accommodate. I don't know. Uh, We're also not going to do flashback villains or villains we haven't really met yet. So if it's like a flashback to for like a character in like the Fishman Island arc, for example, or if it's a villain like Rox, uh, we haven't met Roxy Zebek. We've heard of him, but uh, it's just it doesn't seem like this is the right time to really factor in a villain like that. We're not going to include any non-canon villains so no movie villains or filler villains i feel like if we were going to do movie and filler villains that that kind of earns its own sort of like little little special section if you ask me Um, and of course that really just applies to the anime anyway and we're kind of sticking to the manga here for the most part Uh, we're also going to be doing our best to judge these villains based on how they impact the overall series so not necessarily arc to arc so when we look at a character like buggy we're not really just looking at the arc where he was the primary villain we're looking at really where he's been throughout the series and trying to factor that in. I think that Travis and I, we are going to probably differ on what we think in that respect, but we're going to do our best, of course, to compromise and go from there. We're going to go through these tiers chronologically. I'm going to basically tell Travis what I want to do. And then if we disagree, then here here are the, the different options. There are three options. One of us could concede. I could be like, you know what, Travis, you made a great argument. Who would have thought? Uh, I'm going to go with you on this one. And the other option is we split the difference evenly. So if I say a character is low C tier and Travis says high B tier, we go with low B B tier, basically. So we we find a nice little compromise. Uh, But if that just is not doable, there is just no common ground to be had. We can't do it. Uh, We have a little system we're going to do where one of us banks a favor. So for example, I I let you, Travis, get the tier you want exactly. You're like, I want this character to be A tier when I say D tier, right? And neither of us want to split the difference on that. Doesn't make sense. But then I say, you know what, Travis, you get this one. Okay. I'm going to bank this little favor. But later on, I get to cash in a favor. And there is a catch though. Can only bank three favors at any given time because we don't want this to get out of hand. How, how does that all sound to you, Travis? Uh, I have to say, uh, the favor idea implies to me that you are expecting me to be a real hard liner <laughs> on a couple of these. Who knows? I, I mean, for all we know, we might not bank any favors, maybe only one or two. It, I, I generally don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I do want you to know, 
if uh, or I do want you to hit me up and let me know if if I left anything out because I sent you the list of villains I want to include. Is there anybody you feel like I gotta add though at this point? I'm looking at it. I've been looking at it. Uh, I think we've hit the. I think we've really hit the 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 notes. Um, hmm. Because, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, uh, but like an example of someone who I would not put on our list, despite technically being um, an opponent of the Straw Hats, would be someone uh, like would be, I guess, uh, you know, someone like Kuma or Kid who have been opponents of the Straw Hats, but aren't necessarily... Uh, you know, villains in what we are really talking about. So if you're asking like, where's so-and-so a good chance is they didn't reach the, uh, they didn't reach the level we were really looking for in terms of uh, villainy, so to speak. You know, that's a good point because I had Kuma on here and then I took him off because I, I really looked at him holistically and I was like, I, I don't think we can, but you can make the same argument for another character I put on here. I'll just put it out. I put Frankie on here and you could make the case of like, look, if you're going to put Frankie, then you probably should put Kuma considering what Kuma put Zoro through. So I'll, I'll let's say this right now. I say we either do Kuma and Frankie or neither. Ooh, ooh, thrown to the mat. I ooh, say put Kuma on there. That's it. That's now I'm good, starting to feel I it. mean, uh, if you want to do it, I wasn't going to. I will not fight you on it, though. We can have that conversation. I'm gonna do it. I, I, we're, we're, I we're suddenly still pending filled... a flashback on him. <laughs> on, I know. It's admittedly a part of a where I'm at on this. There's never a good time to do these sorts of things. I think is the is the point of it, isn't there? Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put Kuma on here. Uh, in the meantime, I mean, Travis. Do you, before we get started, do you already feel like you know for you who the best villain is? Or are you going into this with more of like an open mind? Like, you know what? Could be anybody. I mean, I have an opinion on who is the, who is the, the definitive villain um, from, from a sheer, uh, just straight up evil sense. Uh, but I am, I'm very curious to see what, uh, what kind of case you make, because I could be persuaded sure i mean same here that's how i'm feeling i'm feeling like anything could happen so since anything can happen starting this podcast should happen right now because we've gone on long enough all right so we have our first one here and i've debated this one like even including him but uh huguma huguma and the mountain bandits romance dawn he's a villain he's a villainous it's not technically a flashback because the manga starts here it starts here when like luffy's a kid so i put him on here gotta be fair uh right now i'm i have him in like middle d tier like more sort of like closer to the to the lowest end of d tier with the exception of two other characters do you agree with that Tra uh, travis do, do you think uh higuma should get a little bit more respect is a uh, d tier unfair uh i mean he is he is villainous uh, we know that he has killed people, but I gotta be honest, he's a very easy, just like, oh, I'm just bad for the sake of being bad, so we can do, uh, so we could do a plot, basically, uh, yeah, to, to kind to of set up things. I don't think he offers much in the realm of stories, and he's gone by the end of the very first chapter. If anything, I would move him further to the end of D-tier. I think that's fair. 
I think that's fair. I'm going to do that now. And then, then uh, if we decide, you know, maybe maybe these other characters are worse, then we can adjust again. But I'm good with that. I'll concede. All right. After Haguma, we spent too much time on him. Alvita. Now, I have Alvita a little bit higher. I have Alvita in the D tier still, but, you know, middle to higher. Uh, do you agree with that? Or do you think another case where maybe I'm being too nice to Alvita? I, I put Alvita a little bit higher. My reasoning is that she has stayed in the story. And even though she is a very one note villain, I think that she still kind of has a part to play. There's a little bit of potential there, albeit not much. So I, I'm happy with her where she is. Uh, do you think, uh, what do you think? Too high, too low? So with with Alvita, my my issue here, I think you I think you have her in the right spot, but there is the part of me that really questions because she's been in the story, but has she? When was the last time she had a speaking role in the story? I don't even know if she has post time skip. I could be wrong and misremembering, but I yeah. I cannot remember to save my life. Who knows what she's been up to? Not me. So, it, it, see, well, we know where she is, uh, but we, like, she's just blended into the crowd. She doesn't yeah. have, again, this is an issue of impact. Um, I mean, if we really want to be honest, her biggest impact on the story is being the person who put Kobe in a place to meet Luffy, which is not nothing, admittedly. Sure. Um, there, you know, there's a there, there's a decent chance. For example, the live action one piece will open with her as the as the first villain. Um, so I got I gotta be honest with you. Um, I the part I want to move her into F. I'm gonna be honest wow. with you. I want to move her into F, but I don't know if I can justify it based almost exclusively on the fact that she does have at least an impact on the story. Um, and you know, not for nothing, but she was a part of the only the the only effort that got closest to actually beating Monkey T. Luffy. Uh, in fairness, hmm. um, for a, a very town, very long clear. time, yeah, it was in it was in Lowtown. Uh, her and Buggy pinned him down, and if not for fate and or maybe a devil fruit, uh, we were done. So that's, I mean, she hasn't had impact in the story for so long. So I think I'm going to concede and say you've got her in the right spot. I, I'm, I'm going to take the L on that. Okay, and we can always come back if you feel like, you know what, uh, this isn't right. Something's wrong here. <laughs> All right, uh, next up we have Captain Morgan. Captain Morgan, I just, I have him next to Alvita with only one character in between. So yeah, mid to low D tier. I mean, he's a character that, like, I appreciate his villainy. The thing I appreciate about, appreciate about him in the story is Captain Morgan is, like, really our first illustration of how the Marines can be evil and how the Marines can sort of be a more complicated faction than you would expect from a story like this, where pirates are usually the, the bad guys and then the Marines are the good guys. What are you going to do? But Captain Morgan was a little bit more disruptive to that. This is also a villain, you know, doesn't show up again, really, but gets more than one chapter and also kind of is the the linchpin for Luffy and Zoro. And I think he has an okay design and a funny ego. Not a great villain, but I don't know. I, I wouldn't put him in F tier, but uh, I'm, I'm curious, Travis, uh, too high, too low, just right? Uh, so again, we have a villain whose main purpose is to put characters in spots we need them in. Um, he is a good contrast to Kobe, again, 
early on in the story because our our first experience is kobe wanting to be a marine and he's a good guy and luffy likes him the very first island they get to marine bad uh has an axe for a hand real piece of work um and of course helmeppo enters the story zoro enters the story as well these are both things that morgan mostly did that being said helmeppo is more of a villain in this arc than morgan is outside of being a thing for uh luffy to punch uh i don't think he does much i i don't think he's super uh, i mean he's drawn to be imposing he ultimately isn't he's a little bit over designed if anything compared to a lot of uh future oda characters um you know i'm looking at our tier list right now and i realize he just looks like beta version of jack and i don't mean like alpha beta i mean like <laughs> you know like video game beta <laughs> kind of version uh if anything i think he does less than anybody we've talked about so far frankly speaking so would you put him after higuma i i, I would i i think i want to move him to f i think i want to move that i don't think he does anything mm, i would split the difference with you on that so like at the very end of d tier but not f that's fine that's fine i could i could consent to that i think higuma just technically getting shanks's arm <laughs> counts a little bit more than <laughs> yeah, anything anything that uh morgan morgan himself did i want to stress that I'm he, okay like that. like uh hell meppo like i said m almost more the villain <laughs> in that story i hear you and, and and to be to be uh up front with the listeners here we only i only have one person in f tier and i really i want that to be a sacred place and do not want captain morgan i don't want him like you know making f tier look good <laughs> That's my uh, sort of baggage. Uh, uh, by the way, there is another villain with like a metal mouth but, that we'll get to, right? Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> next up, we have Buggy. So Buggy is, I think, our first like actual villain. The first first real villain in the story who he's not a huge threat to Luffy, but he's like dastardly. And you can tell that he's a character with more of a tie into the overall series because of his connection to Shanks. And if we were just going off of Orange Town and sure, Logue Town on top of that, I'd say Buggy is like low C tier at best. However, Buggy has stuck around. Buggy has been a bit of a force in this manga, he has time and again, his superpower has been bluffing his way out of situations, making the right alliances. He's an awesome comic relief. And I think the most recent chapter kind of catapulted my respect for him to new heights where he, uh, the latest chapter with him in it, I should say, where he stands up to Crocodile and Mihawk and goes for that one piece. I think that he actually is a major character. Now, I'm not going to overdo it here too much and say he's an A tier, but I do think he's, for me right now, he's at the very top of B tier uh, in terms of villains. And it's not necessarily because he's the biggest threat. I don't think this is not a power ranking. Okay. You can look at some of the villains I have ahead of him in B tier and be like, John, are you high? Uh, I, I, well, I, I'm high on Buggy, but Travis, do you, I, I have no idea what your response is going to be to what I have done with Buggy. Also, I just like the symmetry of like B tier Buggy. Hmm? I'm, I am pro Buggy the Clown. Uh, I think, it, you know, uh, Oda has said he's his favorite character to write. And it's very clear why, because he is, he's very much a, a source of comedy. But he's compelling the way too. That that, 
he is and that's uh, and that's what i was gonna say is the way that he exists as comic relief is in such a unique space even for one piece uh which feels nuts when you think about it but uh but it's true like there's there's no character quite like buggy the clown in this story and i think that that matters uh quite a bit especially since we you know we are seeing him take certain moves and actions um and you know i'm i'm gonna go further i'm gonna say he is a mover and a shaker the world government believes it he believes it i'm gonna believe it uh so if anything i would move him up uh, i would move him up to a tier i don't know if i'd put him at the top of a tier that's a little bit that's a little bit far but he's playing with the big boys he's Where up the here tier he's an emperor of the sun put him i would put him at the end of eric day tier <laughs> i would just i would just inch him up a little <sighs> bit more just because of who he is and and i'm gonna make one final case for you i'm gonna make one final critical case for you i'm gonna call in a piece of evidence in my favor and that is that when we told Allie we were going to do this episode she immediately said that we needed to put him at the top of the list <laughs> wow i mean he like would a true if, one if he's eight fan. here he's not the very top i thought i was no, being no i would put i would put I him at I was the end of a tier i would put him like right over the edge you know right over the edge of b into a tier but I mean, I, I'm not gonna do. I, I know the pun with B is good, but I think Buggy deserves just a little bit more than that. Just a little hmm. bit. This is tough for me. This is tough because I do factor in the threat level of a character. I'll I'll concede on this point. I thought about maybe banking, but banking's not cool if it's like one slot. Come on, be, you know uh, what yeah, are we it's doing? It's just it's just one little move movement up. And if you think Buggy isn't a threat. I'm just saying. Well, I was about to say it's like he does he does command extremely powerful people. And he there is something to that. So, okay, fine. I'm moving him to A tier. I can't believe this is happening. Um Shanks is looking at us and smiling, I bet. But all right. That's Buggy the Clown. Um who knows if he'll he'll soar even higher as the story continues. He uh, you know, started from the bottom, now he's here. All right, next up we have Captain Kuro or Clahador. And uh, Syrup Village, not everybody's favorite arc, but I I was kinder on Kuro than I bet a lot of other people might be. I think some people find him kind of boring, but I find him very interesting. I think he's the first example of a cerebral pirate, a pirate with patience, but is balanced out nicely by how evil this guy is. I mean, how heartless he is, I think really deeply resonates. Like, it's so horrifying to watch his character who had like such a close relationship to this young girl and was like taking care of her and showing like actual affection for her in the end felt nothing and was completely cold and wanted nothing more than money. And I think there's just something very dark about that that makes him, I think like C tier. I put him really close to the center of C tier. I could be malleable on this. I Right now I have him like close to the higher end of c tier like mid to high uh what do you think though travis because i know we, we, we don't always see eye to eye on on kuro right you know i i am much uh kinder on syrup village and you know the beginning of usopp's story than everybody else uh a thing that i don't talk about a lot is um two things with kuro that i think are interesting the first is I think he's got one of the more interesting weapons, um, especially an early One Piece, They're because cool. uh, Luffy rarely fights a swordsman, and that's for I think obvious reasons. Um, 
but I, I love that it's, it's, it's a swordsman in a way that we've still not seen, even in a way that you wouldn't really call him a swordsman, right? Um, and, and I've always been, I've always kind of loved that design of just like, oh, he's just elongating his reach with, with actual swords as claws. Uh, I, I, I like that. I like that, like, the reason he pushes his glasses up and you see that when he's doing his bit, um, you know, even without the claws, he does it in such a way as to not cut his face. That's great early Oda character building. Um, I think it's a, I think his characterization is a holdover from back when One Piece was still kind of in its conceptual phase and it was really a story about different kinds of pirates and they're uh mm-hmm. and, you know uh two real big factions were kind of the setup there originally and and this idea of somebody who just wants completely out just like one more job and then i'm out of here i don't really have a dream i'm done with that and uh you know th- that's an interesting thing in early one piece um that said again He's more a means to an end than a lot of the other villains we have. Uh, so I think where you've got him is actually pretty generous. And I think I'm going to agree with you. All right, cool. Well, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's, it is pretty malleable. If other characters get moved around, I could see him kind of just staying in place or maybe shifting a little. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we yeah. might see some move in front of him. But I think where you've got him right now, at least in how we've got mm-hmm. things going right now, I think he fits in right there. He's he's definitely more of a he leaves an impact a lot more than uh pretty much every non-buggy character we've talked about so far. <laughs> Not too far away from him, I have Don Krieg. So our next villain in the Baratier arc. I think Don Krieg is an interesting villain. I have him like right in the center of C tier. He's kind of interesting. I mean, he's not a big threat, but he, I think, is like a poetic sort of villain. He's a very, uh, again, to what you're saying of like the classification of these pirates, he's the example of an evil pirate who... I guess similar to Buggy, sort of like he uses others to sort of advance his goals because he himself is not that uh, impressive. But you see the limit of a person like that when they try to go to the Grand Line and just get decimated. And I think his fight with Luffy is definitely more sort of like we're starting to see Luffy get pushed a little bit more to his limits. Obviously, he's not a big threat or anything, and Luffy doesn't have to go all out to stop him. But you do sort of see that this is a, a an, an illustration that there are bigger threats out there and that we're escalating to somebody who really is going to put Luffy on the back foot. So middle C tier, I think that... I I think that that's pretty fair for the guy, but uh, I, I could be persuaded to move him a little lower. I feel like though, I, I don't know if I could put him any higher, to be honest. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> um, absolutely not. I, you know, the the fight between Luffy and Don Krieg is really raw in retrospect um, because the we haven't really gotten to like where the story is. It hasn't really escalated to the point where you've got you know practically gods fighting each other um and don krieg is basically a walking battle cruiser which is which is great because you're right he's licking his wounds from the grand line it really sets a bar for like this is what our little protagonist is shooting for just with his little dinghy uh and his you know the one set of clothes he's got on his back you know uh that's how confident he is in himself and uh you know, I think it might be one of the roughest fights in uh, the early series. Uh, pretty much until I- I'm going to say Crocodile, honestly. Uh, well, Darlong, but you know. Um, e- even then, I think Luffy loses more blood fighting Don Creek than he, fight- than he does fighting Arlong. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm uh, let's. I'm going to leave him. 
I'm going to leave him. I was going to say maybe we move him down, but I'm going to leave him. Sure. Yeah, we, we can now, always now move him down. Now that I'm talking I, about it. Yeah, now that I'm talking about it, I feel it more. <laughs> yeah, I feel like like the same deal with Kuro. Like right now, I think those characters are kind of close in proximity and I could see other characters moving around him. Um, but we'll get to that, I guess. All right. After Don Krieg, we have Dracul Mihawk. Uh, who famously fights Zoro, one of the main villains. And I think, okay, yeah, I mean, he's one of the main threats of the whole series. So much hinges on this character. His design is God tier. Uh, his, where he like lays in the story, I think is impeccably like challenging and daunting for, for Zoro himself. Now at the same time, he's not really a villain. He, he's, he's sort of just like a bad dude. But we haven't seen him be like straight up evil. So right now, I have him in the S tier, but I don't have him that high on S tier. Uh, in fact, I have other really good villains ahead of him. I could see other people being like, John, for that design alone, he should be number two, number three in terms of the whole series. Um, what do you think, Travis? Because I, I genuinely, I struggle to put him ahead of these other characters because I just, I just don't see him that he's, he's more self-interested than not. I know there's that whole line that Zoro has, that he just doesn't have any humanity in him, but yeah, it's just, I, I don't see him necessarily as like that character that like really, like we really haven't, we haven't gotten a Mihawk backstory yet. We haven't really gotten to see what makes his character tick, honestly. Yeah, John, Oda put a Castlevania character in this in, in in the early part of his series, and the way that he introduced this man was to have him absolutely ravage Zoro with the equivalent of a Boy Scout tool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even if that was all we see we had ever seen of him, and he basically took on a Shanks like status, which he almost kind of does up until recently. Um, the 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 reality is is that we don't know his motivations, but he is definitely. Um, I wouldn't call him a friend. That's for sure. Um, no, I wouldn't no. even call him a tentative, like potential ally. There doesn't really seem to be a lot of reason uh, for him to not just continue doing his own thing. Um, yeah, I mean, just the one time we have ever really seen him truly fight, and then we saw him in Marineford, basically just just rolling around with cannon-sized power. I mean. Yeah, there's no there's no negatives here. Like like the 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 biggest complaint is is that we only have more to see. Uh, so I I completely agree with you. Just look at the man. Look at him with his little cross dagger, and how just destructive he is. Um, on Zoro, that kind of like flash of reality for these guys. Um, uh, you know, and and personally, I'm pretty sure that's where Zoro's eye went too. Was to Mihawk. So. <laughs> you know, I, I look at the man. You're right. Just look at him. He looks like an S tier bad guy. You like that theory that Zoro gave him his eye in exchange for something we don't know about yet? And that oh, I was just gonna say he just cut it. Just it's just like ah yeah. Oh I no, guess there's you don't have there's a whole now, theory homie. out there. There's a whole theory oh, really? out there, like because of the way that Mihawk's eyes are and how it's kind of similar to other characters like Emu that it's a sign of being cursed and that he has to like take other people's eyes in order to like keep his eyesight there's a whole thing out there about this and i i think it's actually pretty compelling um i mean number one it's something zoro would absolutely do uh yeah. f number two it's significantly better than he is a zanpakuto so <laughs> i will take it 
I know, I know. You don't love the Mihawk <laughs> is a, a sword that ate a devil is for a theory. <laughs> theory. <laughs> that's a fun one. Um, so would you move him up, though? Because that's the thing. I, I could be persuaded. And I uh, my thing is, I think he will no, move I up think, eventually. Mm-hmm. I think he will, too. But, uh, you, you know, we're, we're, we're basically coasting him into this list at all on more or less one set of actions, which is sure. his introduction. Um, I wouldn't even call him an... I wouldn't even call him a villain in Marineford because he barely tries. He's not super interested in doing exactly. this. Um, you know, he trains Zoro. We don't know what the deal is there, you know, or anything like that. But the, uh, And he's friends with Shanks. He's not an antagonist of Shanks. He's, he, he has a cordial relationship with him. So there's more, there's more dimensions to this guy. Um, and we're only now just learning, like, why he was such a big deal in the first place beyond the power that he's displayed. So, like, if we're going off just that appearance, just on that one act that he really did at the beginning of the story, I, I mean, it's... It's just incredible. I mean, it's it's a thing that has uh, that that throws the entire power scaling of One Piece into disarray right out of the gate. Uh, but yeah, I I would just leave him right where he is, honestly. Because um, if we come back to this, you know, in who knows next week, we don't know where Oda's going with the story. Maybe maybe we get a Mihawk flashback out of nowhere. Uh, we move him up eventually. Who knows? But he's good right now. Well, right next to him, I have Arlong. I have Arlong at the end, the bottom of S tier. And I could see people saying, like, that's too high. Like, John, come on. That's too high. It's Arlong. Like, he's not an S tier villain. In terms of his power and everything, like, no. But I think he he is probably the most important villain in One Piece. Because if it's not for Arlong, I don't think One Piece would be where it's at today. Um, I don't think people would have stuck around enough in the numbers that they did with this series in order to get to the point where it gets as good as it does. I think because he is such a good villain, he's such a good antagonist, and I think that he's the best example early on in One Piece of what kind of story we're in for, the weaving of social issues, and this being a gag anime with battle shown in tendencies, kind of becoming more than both of those things. I think it starts with Arlong. I think he is like such a tragic villain because of his origins, his backstory. And to the point where I think later on in Fishman Island, we get even more insight and context for the guy that I think only makes his position in the story in the East Blue Saga all the more extraordinary when you really look at it holistically. So I say S tier. Now, I don't know. Do you think S tier is too high? Travis, do you think A tier is where Arlong needs to go? So long, Arlong, the other S tier villains are saying? Um, I mean, almost for the pun just now, that might be <laughs> worth it. But uh, spoilers, no. I, th- I think you've got him right. Uh, I've said it before on the show, and I'll say it again. The moment where One Piece clicks for most people is Arlong Park, mm-hmm. is the moment where he is his most despicable. And, you know, it wouldn't happen without him. Uh, the the I mean, he is he, you know compared to these other early villains we talked you know I, I've mentioned a few times like he's a means to an end he gets a character to a place so they can meet Luffy or anything like that. Arlong is not that. Arlong mm-hmm. is the culmination of all of it. Um, he is the big wall at the end of this first saga. He is a threat uh, beyond anything that they have faced directly. Uh, again, uh, excising Mihawk from that and. Uh, most importantly he is a scumbag in a way that 
takes a very long time for One Piece to find a match for. Um, it, it just the the emotional raw damage he does to a friend of Luffy's. Uh, that's the worst you could do in One Piece. That's, that's the greatest crime is making a friend of Luffy's cry. So uh, yeah, he he's good right where he is, and I don't think One Piece would be the success it is without him. All right, so that is S tier for Arlong. And for this next one, I actually at first wasn't going to include him at all because I was looking at Smoker, uh, who is our primary antagonist of Logetown. I kind of looked at him as like really just an antagonist. He's not a villain. And so I, I, at first I was like, I, I don't think we should include a guy like him for the same reason we wouldn't include Kobe. I thought about it a little bit more and I thought about how I have included other Marines on this list who are not villainous, but I do think that they serve an agenda that supports villains and in certain arcs, I think that they take certain actions that they eventually have to regret and and renounce. Now, that doesn't make them great villains as much as it makes them compelling antagonists who struggle with villainy. So for the same reason, I do include Frankie, as we already kind of alluded to. I, I have Smoker on here. Now, on that note, he's not a great villain. He's not that important. I have him right now higher up in B tier. I think like I I've gone back and forth on it though. It could be he's more C tier now that I'm kind of, I'm kind of refreshing my look at it. Uh, since yeah, I mean, especially as we go move through the story, he becomes more and more pathetic. He is a very daunting challenge of like, yeah, Luffy has a long ways to go. Cause he can't even measure up against this loger loser, uh, loser user. <laughs> um, but, uh, at the same time, I think he's kind of cool. He's a cool villain, cool powers. I think like the whole smoking thing, it was like a fun sort of like, wow, like devil fruit powers can really be wacky. Right. Uh, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little more perplexed on this, Travis. I kind of want to follow your lead. So right out of the gate, uh, I think, uh, just, you know, defaulting to ACAP is a good rule for determining who makes this list. Solid. Uh, beyond that, though, what does Smoker do? <laughs> what does Smoker really do? He gets in the way. He gets in the way. If, if anything, Buggy has more direct impact on the, like, just basic day-to-day... Of, of our main cast or even the world. Um, Smoker has basically been a pawn for the Marines mm-hmm. since Alabasta. Um, and in, in the times that he has sent, like even Alabasta, really, uh, his encounters with the Straw Hats have always been more or less on neutral ground, even though he's like, I'm, I'm a good, I'm going to catch you. Uh, I mean, he, he's not, he, I mean, I, again, I think he believe he belongs on the list. He's definitely an enemy of the Straw Hats of multiple people. ACAB rules apply here. Uh, he's just not impactful. He's not. He's not an admiral. He's not even some of the other Marines that we're going to talk about here. Um, I don't think he's done anything too drastically villainous. And if I'm being entirely honest, if you replaced Smoker. If you just took Smoker completely out of the story and replaced him with, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say Garp necessarily, but if you replaced him with literally any other Marine captain, the story would be exactly the same. I, I don't think he, especially now, has just the same level of impact. I think he's got to go down a tier. Okay. I mean, I was already kind of feeling it. But uh, I, I think that that is pretty fair. I would put him higher end of C tier than above yeah. Captain Kuro and Don Creek. Yeah. Is sure. that cool? 
Yeah, I think so. Smoker still has more impact on the story than those two guys, for sure. Yeah. I just don't think I think I think the fact that he I think the fact that he has a tendency to not be villainous uh, does him no favors on this list. Hmm. Uh, what a what a weird uh, what a weird loophole on that. But, uh, uh, you know. Well, hey, as it stands now, I mean, we have more villains in the C tier than any other tier before. It was a little bit more split between B and C. Uh, but now there are two more in C than there are in B. Uh, but we do have more people in A tier, thanks to you, um, than we did before. Right now, A tier and B tier have the same amount. Um, but I do have six villains on here that I have not put anywhere yet. Uh, I, I'm, you haven't mentioned it, uh, I think, because you know we're getting to it. But yeah. uh, I have a bunch of villains that I don't want to rank yet because I kind of want to piece it out with you. But anyway, let's move on. All right, after Smoker. We have Wapple. Now, I did kind of struggle with this because I, I was like, do I include Miss Wednesday? Do I include Mr. Mr. Nine and like all those Baroque work agents? I ultimately decided not to include any of them because they're really henchmen and they're not because the, Crocodile is the primary antagonist of that saga. I think this is a case by case thing where they are really sort of in league with him and they aren't driving the antagonism of those plots. They're just sort of like henchmen serving as foils and so absolutely i didn't include absolutely. any of them um and yeah. I, you couldn't even put robin on there because she didn't do any of the things right. she was accused of right i, I was like I, why put robin here it, it just doesn't yeah. quite fit i think the bill um i think crocodile is really the the puppet master uh it's too much his show um even compared to somebody like i do include jack because I think that he actually has like impact in a way that those other characters don't. So, uh, but we'll get to that too. For now, though, I, I just jumped right to Drum Island and Wapple. So right before Alabasta, and okay, uh, this is the one where I'm just like, oh, Travis is going to try to make me put him higher. Um, I I don't like Wapple at all. I, I think he's too high. <laughs> I want him in the C tier, but I kept him in the B tier because I do think that he has come back into the story more. And I do think that there is something kind of, I, I do think there is something to be said about how he's in, I think you've said many times how Drum Island is one of the most important arcs uh, and that it doesn't get enough attention for really what it sets up, uh, not just in terms of Chopper, but also in terms of the Will of D and setting up huge mysteries that uh, are very important. Now, Wapple is a gag villain. He's not a big threat, but uh, he does kind of represent a villain we hadn't gotten up to this point yet quite yet, which is the nobility and the setup for the Celestial Dragons. I will also say I had I did not put like Charlos on this list, uh, which some people might find kind of strange. But uh, yeah, I didn't put any of the Celestial Dragons. Um, I don't know if you'll agree or disagree with you, that. You did, but... you did say you wanted to keep the F tier pure, so I understand. <laughs> well, well, then that was the thing. I was like, they're villainous, but they're not like... Uh, there's Charlos doesn't do anything really to get in the way. He just causes trouble. And it's like a little bit more of like a henchman of, I think a greater evil um, along those lines. But anyway, in terms of Wapple right now, I'm in the middle of middle to low end of B tier, like more closer to the center. I would like to move him lower, <laughs> like either bottom of B tier to be at the very best or, you know, maybe high end of C tier. What do you think? Well, uh, t so to your point, uh, I do think Drum Island is an incredibly important uh, arc. Little of it has to do with Wapple himself, though. Um, the way that I feel about Wapple, in all honesty, is I feel like he was an attempt to kind of do buggy again. Um, not in, like, saying, like, oh, does a hack kind of thing, but just, like, Buggy was so successful, so warmly received. Um, you know, he's a, he's a loved character. 
and I think Wapple is kind of in that same vein. And I think that Drum Island, because it it's focused on so many themes and it's doing a lot of groundwork, um, stuff that doesn't pay off until Wano even, when you think about just the introduction of the human-human fruit as a concept. And he, him being very light, breezy, easy to deal with, um, a very goofy power, those all serve the purposes of that story, but it doesn't make him super compelling. I think he's a riddled bastard, to be honest. I think um, he's more villainous than a lot of the villains on this list um, because he's done something. Uh, he, he, he's done something worse than most of the nobility <laughs> that we've seen. Um, that isn't a celestial dragon. I mean. Where else in this story have we very explicitly seen, you know, I guess maybe Wano would be a, a good indicator of this, but like, even in Dressrosa, the idea of not being able to see a doctor just doesn't even occur. You know, it doesn't even come up. Um, th this idea that like, people can't get at least basic healthcare or recover from a cold. Meanwhile, Wapol has, um, has, has completely... Um, privatized and put under his own care of of it, literally all of medicine on this island and that's just cruel in a way that is difficult to quantify compared to some of the you know straight up baddies in this story some of them are just bad to be bad he's bad in a way that is difficult to rehabilitate or even like you know, outside of just squarely punching him off the island, you know, what else do you do with this guy? <laughs> um, so, you know, I have a I have a tendency to be like, ah, you know, he's a re he is a real villain. You know what I mean? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna concede to you. I'm gonna concede to you though, because at the end of the day, he's buggy too, and he ain't as good as buggy. So I put him at bottom of B tier, and you're okay with that? But let's put him at bottom of B tier. I feel like as we continue through this, he's going to get pushed down to C. Um, and if you want, if we, if you want to do that, I, I'll concede that too. I think, I think the B and C areas are still, you know, you know, these are still, you know, impactful villains. You know, we're not really talking about the rejects here. You know what I mean? That's true. That's true. All right. Gonna... But, you know, if we leave him at the end of B for now, that's fine. Or if you want to put him at C, that's fine. I think I think he can be the you know if Buggy gets to straddle the line between end of A and and top of B, Wapple can straddle the line between C and B. The B tier shrinks ever further, but maybe maybe we'll move somebody up to B tier. Who knows? I I, I have one contender yeah. for that at least. Um, okay, so after Wapple, we have Crocodile. Now we, we got one of the big whammies. Crocodile, right now, <laughs> I have him as the number two. I have him S tier. I only have one other villain ahead of him, but I do have a few other villains who could take his his spot or higher. So, I mean, it's Crocodile. Crocodile, I think, if Arlong is the villain who sort of gets people like, wow, I really like this anime, Crocodile is the character I think people are like, wow, this anime is something special because he was the first, I think, legitimate threat to luffy the first one who beats luffy um like unequivocally and not only that beats him twice and handily i think he's the first one that like totally totally 
shifts the story into a new territory where now we're talking about geopolitical threats. We're talking about the corruption of the warlord system, Luffy facing one of the great threats of the world. And you get to sort of see this character after Alabasta, after Luffy pulls out a miraculous win, we see him continue to be a presence. Um, you know, one of my favorite moments of the anime, I think we've talked about, is his delivery of the line Mugiwara, like an impel down, and his, like the reemergence of him into the story um, during the impel down arc, and then coming back into Cross Guild. He is just, I think, one of the definitive one piece villains. I know you've mentioned that there should always be special attention paid to the pirates in this in this series who have like st- stereotypical pirate outfit elements, in his case the hook hand, which I mean just the design itself, the whole layout of the character and what he offers. I mean, he is just he's S tier. He's as S tier as it gets. And I think that there's there's more to come from this guy. I think that he is going to pull some stuff out of his pocket that's going to make us love to hate him all over again. So yeah, I'm firmly, firmly S tier right now. Number two, what do you think? Are you going to, are we going to argue on the details? No, actually, I think you've summed it up perfectly. The only thing that I would add is I think a huge reason why he has continued to come in and out of the story um, in, in sometimes very big ways is right out of the gate. There is something compelling about this guy. He's like Kuro elevated multiple times up with the added with the added level of he doesn't want out of the game he has just decided that like whatever his you know because we've had it mentioned before that he wants the one piece he wants to be pirate king but he gave Mm -hmm. up on that dream and he grounded himself in in these geopolitics in the in the you know the money system of the world and he's decided i'm just gonna be the gangster basically and his design completely reflects that it's an s-tier character design again and people have been fascinated by his demeanor by his backstory by the little snippets we've seen in cover stories uh, in sbs's um you know knowing he's got a beef with white beard what's that about that's never been you know it's not like we flashed back to that to really get into it um you know he hates white beard more than he hates luffy somehow you know things like that are just so fascinating about him um it, it's there's, I mean, people think that he's Luffy's mother, for crying out loud. People have thought so much about Crocodile. It, it's just one of those things. I think it was a home run from the second his character walked into a panel. And yeah, yeah you've got him in the right spot. I have literally no complaints here. I would love to see him in a 1v1 versus Robin and really bring closure to that relationship. You know, not necessarily like a a major matchup in terms of like, it's like pivotal, like death, death or nothing. But I think there would be something interesting to see the two of them clash. Right. And to come to a head. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Especially because Robin has grown so much and be amazing to see the fruits of that. All right. And that is not a, uh, a pun on Robin's certain growths that are a little bit more regrettable (laughs) in terms of anyway, uh, (laughs) next up we have Bellamy. Now, until we moved Wapple to C tier at the top end, I had Bellamy at the top end of the C tier. Uh, I could be persuaded to move Bellamy up to B tier. Um, I go back and forth with him. He's not a big threat, obviously, but I think he's a fascinating character. He comes in on Jaya. He, I think he's one of the most satisfying villains to watch getting punched up until Charlos. And if, if just for the Jaya stuff, yeah, I mean, he's low end to C tier, 
probably D tier, honestly. But I think what they do with him in Dress Rosa and how they position just the just the sad, sad, pathetic nature of who he is and watching him struggle out of that without losing that sense of like, I think like the lesson he learns about, you know, just trying to coast off of Doflamingo's power and status and then realizing ultimately he he runs i think that's why oda made it sure not to just have him be a subordinate of luffy because i think that that would have defeated the purpose of the character so i think he's just he's a really interesting villain i think underrated in some ways and i don't like using the word underrated but i i in this case i think that it's somewhat apt so i i like having him uh right here in the seat here i could be persuaded to move him higher but what do you think do you think he should be lower so I, I'm not going to move him lower because, uh, you know, while his overall impact is, is light, I think you are right that there's a point being made with him. And I'm going to be real with you. I think he will return. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I think for sure, even if he doesn't commit to being like a Grand Fleet or like a, a subordinate of Luffy, I think he is one of those characters who under the right, you know, pressure or situation would come to Luffy's aid. I think he has a respect for him. And I think the difference between, I think the difference between, you know, what would drive him to go to Luffy's side rather than what was drawing him to Doflamingo's is a very telling thing about both Luffy and Doflamingo um, in individually. But Bellamy himself as a follower. Um, I think, I think he's actually right for a cover story. I know we're probably never going to get that, but I, I, he's one who struck me as kind of right for one of those um, where we see him kind of learn to be his own person. Uh, that said, while I like a lot of what happens with him in Dressrosa, I don't think, uh, it, to me, it makes him much less of a villain. I think it moves him out of that space entirely. Um even though he spends the entire arc insisting he's not, that's him lying to himself. So mm-hmm. I don't even view any of that as like him being a bad guy. I think he's just a guy in a bad situation. Um, so I, I, I think you have him right in C, but I'm going to say actually move him over Wapole because he's just more interesting overall. Okay. I think he definitely earns a place above him. I'm cool. With that. Since you would have him right next to a Wapole anyway, let's, let's put <laughs> them in the right spot here. Look at this. We've already made it all the way to Skypea, and we have not had to bank any favors. We have not been as contentious as I I feared, and I'm okay with that. Um, I I prefer synergy. But uh, okay, next up we have Blackbeard. Blackbeard's a tricky one because he has not really been a primary villain of any arc yet. I think the the dastardly nature of this character is still to come, like the, the full extent of him. Although some people would argue that he is a primary antagonist, a primary villain of Marineford. And I, I think that's fair. Right now, I have him as number one. I have him number one S tier. Uh, purely, purely because he scares the ever-loving you-know-what out of me. If there is a character who I think poses the biggest threat to Luffy, far and away it's him far and away because he is the dark mirror to luffy he is the character who has the same dream as luffy and is so similar to what luffy is about but just taken to a different kind of extreme that combined with the mysterious nature of his devil fruit i think the almost inevitability we're feeling we're sensing of like his conflict with somebody that luffy cares about whether that be shanks or garp I think one of them is going to be killed off by this character in order to set the stakes, in order to really push, uh, I think, Akainu out of the revenge status that Luffy has for the death of Ace. 
And so I think that Whitebeard, you got to hand it to him in terms of villainy too, killing Whitebeard out of really just being in the right place, right time, and kind of getting what he has from like the most evil means, murdering his own crewmate, collecting a crew that also terrifies me. Uh, and we have seen in Egghead Island really just like how unstoppable his crew seems to be. I think we're going to see, of course, without Kiji 2 being part of that mix, the fact that he commands some of the most powerful characters in the series, without question, I think Blackbeard's the number one. And I think he's going to stay that way. I, I, I don't think anybody else is going to supersede him. Uh, maybe somebody is going to come in between him and Crocodile. We'll see. But no, th this is this is the One Piece villain. And if I'm calling it now, I'm saying, like, answering the question, who is the best One Piece villain? I think... If it's not Blackbeard, it's going to be, right? That's what I say. We'll talk about we'll talk about all of that eventually. <laughs> but hmm. uh you are you are correct that it's basically inarguable that he is in the tier that he is in. Just straight up. Um the anime completely reinforces this at all given times. There are multiple uh OPs where they just they do their own Luffy v Blackbeard fan fiction. Um he is personally held accountable by Luffy as the as the murderer of Ace. Um, you know, we see that in Impel Down where Luffy basically just almost puts it all on the line just to get mm -hmm. a lick in on him. That's a good point. Good point. You know, it's it's uh you know even the uh, even the one thousandth episode, uh, which is relevant because the dub of it, I think, came out this week. Actually, um, you know, where they redo we are uh, we uh, we are, um, you know, Blackbeard is inserted in there after Big Mom, after Kaido, you know, in that big like flash that used to be like uh, Buggy and Kuro and Don Krieg in the original. It's Big Mom and Kaido, and then Blackbeard, <laughs> who does not appear in Wano whatsoever. Because every everybody knows that's a, that's what scares me about him is like it's not even that he's stronger than Kaido or even Big Mom. I don't know if he would be able to beat them. But here's the thing: he is scary because he would get to that. Like he is a character who's growing. He's not stuck. He is, yeah, and that's a good way of putting it. Uh, when you mentioned that he's Luffy's mirror, he has the capacity to continue to get stronger. Exactly, which most villains in this uh, story don't have. Their peak, like they're at their peak for the most part. Yeah. very few of them are really improving. Even with all of Buggy's, you know, failing upward, he's not getting stronger. He's getting more influential. That's yes. a different thing. Yeah, when you turn in terms of like endless ambition and they're just going to keep getting stronger and stronger, it's Blackbeard and it's Foxy, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you think about you think about recent chapters and this is the now we're getting to the real spoilery stuff, kids. Uh, you know, you <laughs> think about how Trafalgar Law helped take down an emperor of the sea just an arc ago. And you think about Blackbeard walked away from that fight. He was haggard. He was beaten up. You know, he would, uh, and but so was Law. Law had to completely flee. Blackbeard walked away from that. It was abundantly clear that without intervention, Law was cooked. Yeah. Um, and not for La not for lack of this isn't Law slander. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm not coming down on him. It was clearly a good fight. But at the end of the day, if Blackbeard had had more time to continue learning how to fight Lost Devil Fruit, that would not have ended well. And that is a very valid capacity. It's a, val a very valid argument. Well, that's what scares me, too, is that I think if anybody, if there was any character who has an advantage over Blackbeard, it is a character like Law. 
considering yeah. he is like so smart and strategic. He's not quick to over uh, underestimating his opponents and his crew was primed to fight a heavy devil fruit crew and that we saw them have an upper hand. And so I think that that's even more relevant to the idea that Blackbeard still took him down. And and also that humanizes Blackbeard to see it's like he's kind of a flawed villain, but he kind of just he claws his way. And that is a very Luffy thing. And that's what's scary about him, the influence that he like draws to himself. And two other things on top of that, his design, incredible, like just a wonderful villain design. And his intro in Jaya, just the unassuming sort of like, here's this character who has this really interesting speech, but then it kind of culminates with like Luffy and Zoro being like, we need to get out of here. <laughs> this guy is nuts. Uh, I just think all of that is like, I mean, it's chill inducing. Yeah. At the risk of being incredibly cringe, he he feels inevitable in a way that nothing else in this story really does. Um, there is just this, you know, everybody has thought it's, it's the crocodile thing. Like, like there's something so immediately compelling about his presence in the story Mm -hmm. that, that we bring him in even when he's not relevant, the anime crew, when they get to do an OP, they bring him in whenever they can, because they think about him And, and we don't know what they know, but you know, all things considered, you know, Blackbeard hovers over the story like Thanos. He's just been coming for so long. You know, when that time comes, it's going to be nasty. It's going <laughs> to go badly. Um, so, I mean, there's there's literally no way we can move him to the A tier. There's no way. This is his, t- This like, if we even put him in the S tier, we'd have to, cancel this whole podcast <laughs> uh, we'd lose all credibility with everyone the inbox would be filled with hate mail and it would be valid some of it would probably be from blackbeard himself somehow um just it, it would be foolish to do anything but leave him exactly where you have him um but okay we're gonna we're gonna pick up the pace a little bit because uh, we know those of you listening got places to be uh nl for example i have him in the middle of a tier i think he's fun i love his little earlobes i like that he's such a powerful villain and luffy only defeats him on a technicality and i think that he's been such a fun fan favorite character uh since uh he went to the moon and back so i think middle a tier is pretty pretty appropriate for him i know maybe b tier some people would say it's like well he's not that important of a villain but uh what do, what do you think do you think a tier is too high uh he's not that important of a villain i know yet. He's not that important of a villain yet. You know, NL is another one that kind of hovers over the story. Um, You know, his design is good. He's a, he is a real evil piece of work. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and he's so disjointed from anything resembling humanity. He doesn't have motivations. He just has entitlements. Um, He's a good setup for what we would see later with things like the celestial dragons. And, uh, and yeah, technicalities, which in retrospect makes less sense now than it did in Skypea. <laughs> uh, but you know, uh, you know, I'm always fine with Pokemon rules in everything else. Uh, and he's definitely uh, a better villain than Buggy. So right where he's at is fine by me. All right. And then after NL, we're done with Skypea. But so we go over to Foxy. Uh, I have Foxy at the bottom of D tier, but not the very bottom. Uh, he's ahead of Hijuma and Captain Morgan. I think that that's right. Uh, do you think he's higher though? I do you think he's higher than Alvita and Frankie? 
Uh, I mean, on a villainy scale, no. <laughs> I think he's fine. I think he's I have funny soft, soft, I, have a, I have a soft spot for him, but again, he's another gag villain um, that has less impact or even gags than the other gag villains we've discussed. Um, his impact on the story is zero. Um, he, yeah, you know, he, he's a de-escalation character. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, uh, it, he he does more than Morgan, but only barely. All right. Well, I'll keep him there for now then. Um, Next up, we have Aokiji. Aokiji I have in the A tier, uh, but I have him, you know, toward the end of it. So he's ahead of Buggy and he's ahead of another character we'll get to pretty momentarily. Uh, He's after NL right now. I could see moving him past NL um, just in the sense that I think that... uh, him fighting Garp, for example, and him kind of turning to Blackbeard has kind of solidified him as like a severe antagonist. I just kept him kind of low because even though he's so powerful and so daunting, he's not villainous. He has a heart. Um, he's the reason Nico Robin's alive. So I, I don't like putting him too far up. And I think NL's more villainous. But what do you think? Um, I'm going to counterpoint you here. Okay. Uh, I think the reveals that we've gotten from his fight with Garp to joining the Blackbeard Pirates and specifically the flashback to uh, the Blackbeard Pirates when he was conversing with them and getting along with them. I think his, I think he is a character whose um, entire grounding has changed. Uh, Blackbeard straight up asked him, what do you want to do now? And his answer was, join the Blackbeard Pirates, do a bunch of kidnappings, um, I'm going to kill my mentor now. Uh, mm, I think I think the Aokiji that saved Robin is not the Kuzan that we see now. And I think That's the name point. change is important a part of that. I think, I think he is a huge threat. And even putting that aside, the image of him stone-cold freezing Luffy is still one of the ch- most chilling pre-time skip images we've got. I'm already moving him. Move him. <laughs> All right. Move I've him. moved Come him on. past NL. <laughs> there we go. I have him behind another villain that I, I have him behind three villains. I don't think I could move him past. Um, but we'll, we'll get to them and then uh, we can deliberate further on that. Okay. So after Aokiji, we have Rob Lucci. Uh, we have our next S tier villain, I think, and I think unquestionably. So right now I have Rob Lucci in between Mihawk and Crocodile. So he's like really close to the center there. There's one other villain between him and Crocodile. Uh, I wouldn't put him past Crocodile. I put him past Mihawk because I just, I love his backstory. I love his cold personality. I love that he comes back into the story. I love his just like little petty rivalry that he has with Luffy. That's sort of like he can't accept what happened. And I love poking into the character a bit. And I just, I love the Zoan fruit that he uses. I love that like he barely loses to luffy like he's clearly like a a villain that luffy wasn't really ready for and that makes him so compelling to me and i just think the whole betrayal arc in water seven and him coming out of nowhere is just such a fun moment so i i love rob lucci i know a lot of people do i think we had a long conversation about him in in particular when we were talking about any slobby and our top arcs uh sort of thing but uh yeah do you think middle s tier do you think that's right uh, yeah, I have no notes here. Uh, for the interest of time, I won't gush too much more about <laughs> Catboy here. But uh, but yeah, no, he he's one of Luffy's toughest fights, yeah. straight up. Um, and it's a it's a fight that has that is so much more emotionally charged. It, it, yeah, I mean, again, one of those ones that feels like a shoe in. For sure, for sure. Uh, love Rob Lucci. Um, okay, and then I, I skipped Frankie. Technically, uh, technically Frankie should have been right before we got to Lucci. But uh, Frankie, I have in the D tier. He's not a real villain. We, I feel like we kind of have to put him on out of necessity, but he's mid D tier, just in the sense that he's not really villainous. He doesn't really get to do anything as a villain, and he quickly becomes an ally. Um, 
obviously he's a great character like otherwise and, and i would never put him in the f tier <laughs> you know but uh, i do think that he's uh he's really fascinating and everybody loves frankie i mean it's frankie he's, he's one of my favorite straw hats uh i i have him in between alvita and foxy uh notes on this one i would like you to move him in front of alvita only for Fine. what he did to usopp if oh, only for what he did to usopp exclusively he did he did have that sort of you know oof. Uh, the whole thing uh, with the the Frankie house was uh, pretty brutal, pretty brutal. Um, okay, so then after Frankie, go to Spandam. Um, I also wasn't sure about Spandam in this case, but I think because he has such a villainous arc on Robin, I think he, I think putting it on here was apt, uh, even though he's really more of a secondary antagonist. This is one of those case-by-case things, and I don't consider him a henchman of Rob Lucci, right? So for Spandam, right. I have him high up on B-tier. I have one person ahead of him in B-tier, in fact. And I think that that's... I, I like where he's at because he's just so pure evil. Uh, I could be persuaded to move him lower because he's not that like not powerful or anything. But I think that what he's able to command, calling the Buster call, what he did to Robin, unforgivable. Uh, I could I could see the argument to move him down a bit. But what do you think? I think he's petulant. I don't think he's evil. I don't think he's impactful. He's he's a he is slimy. Mm. Um, he he makes me want to crawl out of my skin <laughs> and not in a threatening way. I think he is a walking um, a display of of a mall cop. That's what I think he is. Okay. I think he's a mall cop. Um, I don't think he's super compelling. You know, he, oh, he called the buster call. No, he 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 screwed up and left the phone on. Um, <laughs> he is. He's literally a Nepo baby. Uh, Sounds like you want him deserve... in C tier. I yeah, I want him moved down. Wow, I definitely. Want... That's the point I'm trying to get to. I would put him. I would put him right right there with Wapole on the C tier. Wow. Um, just you know, I guess we'll give him the Nepo baby status, and we won't punt him all the way to the end. But uh, ahead of Wapole or behind him? Uh, put him behind Wapole. Wapole's more important. Fine. I I don't feel passionate <laughs> due to recent events. Due to recent events, I'll concede this one because I generally don't feel passionate about Spandam. So he's just, he's such care. a mall cop. Like that's that's the only way I can describe him. He he flunked out of he he didn't get you know he applied for the military didn't get it. He applied for the police academy couldn't do the test. So he does security on Sunday afternoons at your local mall that doesn't have any stores left, um, and he's going to make sure you know it. Like wow. that's the kind of person he is. I love that this has been such a proving ground for your ACAB <laughs> tendencies. I love right? it. Right, right. It's it's great. That but, means uh, though, because we we've hit the limit and then some on the C tier. So I have to move. Oh, I I have a feeling some folks are going to be moving. I mean, yeah, I'm, we got we got a couple there that I think uh, I think are going to move. Fine, uh, fair enough. I'm moving one person to the the D tier now because I kind of have to. But uh, we'll we'll keep going. All right. So after Spandam, uh, I think we're out of that arc. Uh, well, technically, we still have Monkey D. No, we got we got one more. Yeah, we got, we got one more. Yeah. Um, so Garp, I, I have him in A tier. Now, again, not villainous, but I do think he is a huge antagonist. Um, right now, he, we we like him. He's he saved Kobe. He's fighting Kuzan. I think we're all rooting for Garp. I kind of know that it's probably not going to end great. I I still think though that he he it, you know a cap rules like you said, and I think that he serves the interest of a very evil organization and seems to know it and i just think that he's uh i think that he's one of the more compelling characters and i also think he's a terrible grandfather slash father figure uh considering how he dealt with like luffy and ace so uh, i have him in a tier right now like mid to low i have him ahead of buggy and uh one other character that's coming up pretty soon uh what do you think 
I think he definitely needs to be ahead of Buggy. I, I, I moving him down feels. Gosh, he's too powerful mm-hmm. to move down. His attack is actually getting to see him fight for real. Finally, really, really makes it hard. Um, I would say he could go in B tier if that wasn't a factor. Only because, like, I think his villainousness is very complicated, more so than Smoker's. Because, yeah. uh, while you're right, again, a cab, uh, it's it's very clear that he's aware of the score and might be there may be more going on there, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, you know, he may be the commander of sword, for example, we still don't know that for sure. Um, and, but man, that punch is too cool to not leave him in a tier. I, I guess the question is, is do we want him ahead of NL or not? I'm torn about this. I like NL ahead of him because I don't think he's villainous enough. I think that that's the factor he's weakest in. And so I think that we got to yeah. We got to keep him kind of. We, can, we can't move him to B. I want to move him to B because B needs some representation. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's not and like and like he's not he's not villainous, right? He's not really, you know, but man, that punch is too cool to put him to move him. It's just <laughs> sometimes you do at the power scale. Sometimes you got to. We have scale. three or four C tier characters left that I think any of yeah. them could make the case to move up to B tier. But we'll get to them, yeah. of course. Um, if you're cool yeah, with that, I think he, we'll yeah. leave him. We'll leave him. If you're good with NL ahead of him, I, I'm not going to complain. I think we can make that work. Yeah, man, yeah, you got the last one anyway. Uh, Gecko Moria, I have him firmly, like, not in, right in the center of D tier, but I have him ahead of Frankie. And uh, I think, yeah, he's, I hate, I hate Gecko Moria. I, I hate his character. I hate his design. I hate his powers. I like Thriller Bark. I think that's why I don't like him because he's just such a bad payoff to like this awesome concept. And uh, we have another, we have two more villains from this that I think are way more interesting uh, in terms of like their positions in the story. So yeah, I, I have him firmly like mid. He's so uh, like lame that I, he barely registers afterward, barely does anything in Marine for he's popped in here and there. He's just never been a compelling villain. I guess that's part of the point. I don't know. I never, I, you don't feel anything from the character losing. It's just sort of like, all right, what's next? Um, to the point where I feel like Oda had to bring in other villains to make up for it uh, in order for the arc to be salvaged. So uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. I don't feel strongly one way or another. I like his backstory of like, uh, you know, being somebody whose dreams were just so crushed that he kind of is this big loser who doesn't even, you know, really put in the at the work. But that makes him suck. And well, and then also, I think Crocodile's the better version of that, where it's like it's not that he became a loser, but he did yeah. become sort of like, yeah, you're right, you know. He had the same sort of thing where he lost. He's and then... bad crocodile. That's not a good thing. Yeah. If you wanted to move him into F tier, I'd actually let you do it. <laughs> I, w- I don't go that far. I feel so medium about him entirely. I have no defense to run. <laughs> I think <laughs> like, I think being a warlord and being as despicable as he is got it has to earn him some points. And I think that he is a real villain compared to like Alvita, Foxy, Hajuma, and Morgan. So Captain Morgan. Um, next up, we have Ors. Ors, I have him B tier. He's a total B tier villain. It took the whole Straw Hat crew to f- just to fight him, and they couldn't even win. Ors is coming back later. I think that he is like one of like the first sort of like man like he was like the first villain that took the whole crew and working together at that i think he's really fun the design is really cool the lore that he sets up that comes up later i mean yeah or is firmly in the center of b tier for me he's below a couple other characters but i think i think i like him right where he's at what do you think uh i think we're good to leave him where he is though i do think he's gonna be forced down later I could by at least see one other that. character that you've put in B tier. I think somebody's gonna move him. Oh, okay, okay. Well, we'll get to that then. Uh, I'm curious to hear you out on that. Okay, next we have Kuma. I think it's time. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, is it Kuma? I, th- I, I mean, if we're putting him on here, I think Kuma is just way more compelling as a character overall. I'll, I'll give Kuma this. Um, like Ors, he fights the entire Straw Hat crew, but in the sense that he beats them all instantly. <laughs> but yeah. doesn't. But that's the thing is like he does that, and he also nearly kills Zoro. Uh, he he could have just wiped the Straw Hats out. But that's the thing is like he's not a villain. He like is no, no. sort of like working for villainous people. He's never a primary yeah. antagonist. We, there's still a lot of stuff we're still learning about him. We're in the process of learning his backstory, and he helps the Straw Hats a lot. This is why I was like torn about putting him on the list, but you've put him on the list, so you forced <laughs> this my, is my hand on this. <laughs> this is my doing. And, and at the and the and the at the end of the day, he is the one person who has genuinely delivered a full knockout to the Straw Hats. Yeah. If Garp has to be on A tier solely for a single punch, Kuma <laughs> is the guy who is Kato. He is the only hmm. t- to point. Like you know, we get the narrator coming in to make the point. He is the one to do the completely devastation. Fine, I moved him ahead of Ors. There you go. Both is going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) It's fair enough. Um, Okay, okay. Uh, Kizaru. Kizaru, I have him in the A tier right now. Um, I mean, he also was like, he would have decimated the Straw Hats, if not for Rayleigh. Um, I think that he is, there's something compelling to me about his like lazy villainy um, in terms of like, or his lazy justice really, in the sense that he really is just, he's a toadstool, but a really powerful one. And I think he's a character who's like, there's something very off-putting about his, just the way that he reacts to certain characters, the way he reacts to Beckman, for example. Uh, I think that he's as high as he is. I have him at the bottom of A tier, just ahead of Buggy, just because I don't think we, we've seen him be that compelling so far. But And, and he is a primary villain of Sabadee. But I would just say that like just for his sheer power alone, and I think that the tease of him to come an egghead and what I think he's going to possibly do. I'm scared of the guy, <laughs> quite honestly. Uh, I think that he's one of those undersung sort of villains that's going to have a moment. And so purely on the vibes of that, I have him a bit higher than maybe someone would expect. I could see an argument to move him down just because like we still are sort of in a waiting period with him. But I, I think he's pretty I, th- I think that he's pretty important. Um, but what do you think? So I, this is where we're going to disagree a little bit. Um, I do think that Kazaro stocks are about to pay off. And whenever we make it back to Egghead, mm-hmm. I, I think we will finally get something of him. That being said, while powerful, you know, I think his demeanor doesn't serve him as a threat level very well. And I think it's very telling that he is always the one that gets dispatched to do the errands. He's the one sent to Sabote. He's even in the movies. I know we're not we're not really talking about the movies, but he's always the guy actually sent out to do things like, oh, we got to go to the island to deal with a thing. I guess I'm going to go do that. Oh, I got to be an escort. I guess it's fine. At least I don't have to get my hands dirty. You know, he he doesn't seem, you know, like you said, he's he, he he's not as compelling as some. Of that's the thing. Villains. It's like an evil bureaucrat is such an interesting kind of yeah, if, story. If he was an evil bureaucrat. I would say you're right, but he's not even that. He's um, he's more of a slacker than Aokiji was, which is insane. Um, <laughs> you know, he he will take any opportunity he can so far to put his hands up and go. Oh, I guess I guess we're not fighting anymore. Um, I, I I don't know. I don't. There's not enough of him for me to really say. You know, hey, this is an A tier character because, like, yeah, I, we may get something pretty good of him out of Egghead, but we have no idea when 
or how that is going to happen at this point. And unlike Blackbeard, where like so much of the story has been invested in spending time making sure we know he's he's going to be an impact, or even characters like Doflamingo or uh, or Vegapunk, even Kizaru's just kind of here. He's kind of the the admiral equivalent of an errand boy. He's the guy you send to go clean up a mess real quick without getting his hands dirty. But like. I, I don't know. He's powerful. I wouldn't put him in C tier, for example. But I think B tier is a healthier place for him. While he while he hmm. works on himself, he kind of kind of gets his gear. It almost sounds like you want him like between Kuma and Ors. I think I would either put him between Kuma and Ors or just ahead of Kuma. I'll put him. I'll put him just ahead of Kuma. That feels uh, okay. Yeah, I to think me. that's fine. All we right. could, we could put him there. He could spend some time working on himself. You know, <laughs> maybe take an online class. You know, maybe, you know, maybe change his diet. Something, something to give him a little bit more energy, a little bit more pep. And then, and then uh... now, eighteen B tier tied once again. There we go. There we go. All right. So right. we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, and then you know, once he's once he's found himself, we get to Egghead. You know, maybe we move him up. You know, we, provisional. You know, promotion. You know, we we could talk about it. Uh, next, we have Boa Hancock. I have Boa at the bottom of C tier. She's barely a villain. She's not even a villain of her own arc. Um, she's very powerful. I think she's a great character, but she so quickly goes from villain to hero. I mean, a similar thing is like Frankie, um, that she becomes an ally so quickly. And I also think her character gets infantilized so quickly in terms of like being totally based around what she thinks about Luffy. But I think the character kind of suffers a lot from that. So I, I like a lot but i mean i think bottom of c tier is pretty generous uh i could even see a case for d tier but i think that she is such a cool character and her powers are so devastating that i think i think she deserves c tier status personally i i mean she's she's definitely one that i would not have even put on here to be entirely honest with you because you're right there's uh you know she's a threat for about 30 seconds <laughs> and then never again um at, at least in how we're defining villains really um, I think she's fine where she's at. I'll, I'll, I'll grant you that one. I'll concede that. After Boa, we have Magellan, the primary antagonist of Impel Down. Uh, Magellan, I have high up on B tier. He's my number two right now. Uh, Magellan nearly kills Luffy, super impactful because if not for him and his poison powers, like Luffy would have died later on in the story, honestly. It's a, a challenge that Luffy needed to face. He's a very dangerous villain. I think he's a very fun villain. I, th I think he's one of the first ones that I think strikes that balance between he's very, very threatening but also a gag villain at the same time and i love that balance a lot i think he's the character that i wanted gecko moria to be i don't mind silly villains i just i want them when you see how threatening they are for it to just i don't know just to be balanced better in terms of the writing so magellan i think is one of the stronger villains honestly so i i like him high up on uh b tier but we never talked about magellan before i don't know where you think of him um you know i i really don't feel one way or the other about magellan um, I think you've made a pretty strong case, if anything. Um, I, I don't really have any negatives. It really is. It, yeah, it comes down to like, he's fun. He's just fun to watch. He's fun. To he's read. fun. Um, Impel Down's a great arc. You know, he, he's, you know, he's a certifiable threat. It really starts, it's really starting to feel like the B tier is just the power scaling tier. Huh. Uh, for me. Um, but if we're doing that, he is pretty up there. Um, you know, now that we've moved Kazar, uh, Kazaru down there, you know, that's, I think that's a little negligible, but I think you've made a good case to put him where he's at. I'm not going to fight that. All right. 
Um, after Magellan, we, we go more to the Summit War itself. And uh, I'll we'll start here with Sengoku. Sengoku, I struggled to even put on the list as well. Um, but I do think that if, yeah, I mean, if we have Garp, <laughs> like we kind of have to have Sengoku. But I have him pretty low. I, I have him just ahead of Smoker right now in the C tier. So he's in between Spandam and Smoker. I don't really care either way where he is in the C tier, but I do think he's friendly C tier. Extremely powerful. Like, I mean, one of the more powerful characters in the whole series, but I just don't think he's not villainous. He's kind of a garp sort of thing. And he's retired. And I think that, like, he, I think the point of his character is it's like power that was never really moved in a impactful direction. And that's kind of why he was phased out of the story the way he was. So C tier. I mean, I, and I don't think he's that interesting i don't love his devil fruit power i know that some people think it's cool but i think it's kind of weird he's one of the first mythical zones but yeah i mean i don't know i, I don't feel strongly about him so uh, i think i think i'm gonna agree with you on c tier for sengoku but i am gonna make the case to move him up above bellamy and here's why i think sengoku more so than any of the other marines we've discussed yet is truly the embodiment of a cap and i say that because after summit war he is so full of crap. He acts like this whole thing is a huge tragedy, that it's this big, you know, big mistake that everybody did. And he finally retires and, and he's sick of all of this. And Sengoku has presided over everything that has had led up to that point, including the summit war. He is specifically responsible. Everything that happened from deciding we need to execute Ace for the crime of being the son of the Pirate King, a thing that you could have... I mean, all you had to do was call up your buddy Garp, and this problem was solved without having to execute anybody. You could have said, hey, you got, you got, you got Roger, you know anything about Roger's kid? No, you decided to do a bunch of crimes instead. You presided over all of these terrible, like, you know, everything from Morgan up to the, the Marines getting paid off by Arlon. It, literally, every nasty Marine thing. Sengoku is complicit in directly as as his role and i think he's full of crap because then what does he do he just goes and starts training more marines and he starts telling them all the lore and everything it's great when we need a lore dump from our guy sengoku love hearing about the rocks pirates uh funny he doesn't get in trouble for talking about that you know even though mm -hmm. god valley got erased that's interesting but i think he is i think he's an example of power not understanding its own responsibility like like he is the system and he thinks he can reform it and no, that's not what's being told here. He, he he continues to uphold it. His presence just inherently does it. So yeah, he he doesn't need to be any higher. Uh, you know, he's not necessarily a threat or anything like that. But I do think Oda is meant to say something about the things with him. Hey, well well argued. You convinced me. So I, I moved him to the front of C tier. Uh, very good points. I like I like that framing of the character a lot, actually. Um, all right, uh, moving into like, we're firmly like we're getting close to the end game here. We're doing well. Uh, next up, we have a Kainu. Now, I think some people might look at a Kainu and be like, "Well, S tier villain, right? Uh, he he kills Ace. He is, I think, the primary antagonist of Marineford. Like, he really is the driving force of what's so despicable about the Marines. Beats Kuzan in his one v one. Truly a, a, a threat." I have him in A tier. I have him at the top of A tier because I think of his impact on the story and I think, uh, you know, following the A cab rules, I guess. But I honestly, I just don't see him as an S tier villain. A, because I don't think he's, he has a very good design 
And I don't think his powers are that interesting. And I think that he feels just way more of like a functional obstacle than he does a compelling villain who really comes into the story in a really severe way for me. He still is compelling. I think there is something to be said about his actions and how he goes along with Sengoku, who becomes a fleet admiral. But because we just we haven't seen him do anything since, uh, he's been basically like doing the Sengoku thing and being a fleet admiral. And I think maybe some of that stuff is to come. If anything, we've seen him be more measured and just like angsty and bratty. And I like what Oda's doing with his character. I I like the framing of it in the story of like, he went from being this mega threat to sort of just being like a an, an office jockey. And I, I like what Oda's kind of starting to say about that. But I think that keeps him away from S tier for me. And I think you said it best that really it was Blackbeard who came out of that arc with, uh, you know, being the sole antagonist to, to Luffy for what happened here. And that Akainu, I think ultimately is going to be more of a blip. So some people might look at this and be like, come on, you got to at least put him ahead on along. I, I wouldn't fight somebody super hard on that, but I, I think he's firmly A tier for me. What do you think? Uh, I think I agree. If anything, and I and this is not a case for moving him, but I would say, you know, everything being what it is right now, knowing exactly what we know about the story in this moment, I would say uh, uh, Aokiji is more of a threat by being a member sure. of the Blackbeard Pirates uh, than, than Akainu is. Uh, you know, and that's not to say that Luffy would not immediately take the shot if if he had it. Um, right. You know, there, there's still a lot of people who want to see that fight. I would love to see that fight to get even. But I do think if you were to sit Luffy down and actually have the conversation about, like, who's responsible for Ace's death? What, like, who really goes down for that? And it's Blackbeard, 100%. He was blaming Blackbeard long before anything. Because when you think about it, if everything had gone the way the Marines had intended it, a couple of random dudes with uh, with scythes would have been the ones to do it, right? Like, they would have just, you know, cut Ace's head off, and, like, Luffy's not going to hunt them. Well, down, even before right? that, I mean, Ace wouldn't have been captured by Blackbeard. Luffy right. would have been. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, exactly. It would, yeah, it, it, it all goes back to Blackbeard. Yeah. I think Akainu is, you know, I think the desk jockey thing really hurts his stocks, honestly. Um, he just doesn't feel nearly as threatening. Um, you know, the world is about to be in a place, I think, in the story where he does eventually get out from behind that desk. But again, you know, hypotheticals are just that. They're hypotheticals. What if the, what if the sky was purple? Who cares? doesn't matter. <laughs> Leave him in A tier. All right. All right. Uh, next up, I think that's uh, it for the time skip. Let me double check here. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So then we time skip out. I didn't include Blue Jam because <laughs> that's more of a flashback villain. And we got to draw the line somewhere, I think. Uh, I do have... I do have caribou on my list, but I didn't do an image of him. I'm, I, I decided kind of the last minute not to include caribou because he's not really a villain, and I, I, I return to that, but he's not really doesn't really have a villain in general. So, yeah. I, I, I don't. I decided against that. I know he was in the original list, but uh, I'd rather just move on to uh, Fishman Island. Okay, <laughs> here we, here we go. <laughs> we have, we have. Yeah, I'll let you have your moment. This is your moment, Cody Jones. F tier. Um, the only F tier villain I have, because I think that he is the worst villain that Oda has ever concocted on multiple levels. Entire video essays have been made about, I think, why Hody doesn't work as a character. I don't think they go far enough. Th- this is the character that I think threatened to really derail the whole series because there was so much hype and anticipation for Fishman Island. I feel for Oda because to do this arc that was set up for so long, 
from Sabadi Archipelago through multiple arcs in between, we finally get to Fishman Island. And it, it's an arc that I, I do like in certain respects. And I think it does a lot of things pretty well. And it, it serves a great purpose of like, it's just fun to see all the Straw Hats together again. It'd been a long time and seeing how much they'd grown. But this character who is just Arlong, but less in, but not just less interesting. Arlong, if Arlong was like, I think the version of like an East blue villain that is like less interesting. The the whole sort of thing where he's like doping the whole, like just the ship falling. And he's clearly not a real threat to Luffy. He is a sleepwalk of a character. And I, I hate his design. I hate his personality. His powers aren't interesting. I think there were other characters in this arc who I think who would have been better villains. I wish so much that Hody Jones had been a red herring, no pun intended, of a villain. Instead of, that actually was a good no pun intended, <laughs> to be fair. Uh, instead of that, right? If they had found a way to weave in one of the other characters uh, in a Water 7 type fashion and be like, oh, here's what's actually going on here in a way that would have been instructive to the story. But as it stands, like Cody Jones is such a boring sort of like both sidesism, you know, some you know, we already went through it with Arlong. And I think that in general, the way that Hody Jones doesn't even have any sort of like tie in with Nami in a, in a real way. I mean, all that stuff falls apart for me completely. So yeah, F tier. He's he's the worst One Piece villain by far. He's the reason Fishman Island, I think, would have been one of the better arcs if not for him. <sighs> okay, so so I I got the preview of this. You know, a little little bit of behind the scenes for everybody. I got to see this image before we started recording. I have been trying to figure out how to parse this the entire time we've been doing this because, as you know. I feel very differently about Fishman Island than a lot of people. I think, I think, um, I think the expectation set by fans is what really set it up for failure more than anything else. And I'm not going to make this the Fishman apology, uh, the Fishman Island apology tour, because we already did that. Uh, <laughs> you can go listen to our our, our, our favorite arcs episode yes, for yes. that. So here's what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to resolve this. This is my favor. Oh, you God. can keep him right there, and uh, and uh, we'll do, we'll do F for favor, <laughs> and I'm gonna go ahead and bank that. All right, Our, and the we first will call one. that resolved. <laughs> the first one, and uh, I'm sure you will use this favor for good and not evil, considering that this whole conversation is about evil. You know. <laughs> All right, so that's Hody Jones. Uh-huh. Uh Caesar Clown. Uh, I have Caesar Clown in D tier. He's ahead of Gecko Moria. He's not the worst villain. He's far from the best. I mean, he's just, he is despicable. What he does to those kids, hor horrible. Uh, but I think ultimately he just doesn't have that much of a presence in the story. Now, I could see somebody making the argument, maybe he's more C tier because his, uh, you know, the Mads thing, he sticks around in the story. But I don't know. I mean, everything after Punk Hazard reduces him to being such a one note character. He kind of helps Chopper. So then he gets a little bit of like, oh, he's kind of well, he's not good, but he's you know kind of neutral, I guess, in some ways. He cares about science, I guess. I don't know. I just never felt like the character was fully slotted. I don't think Oda fully understood what he wanted to do with the character because it's almost like he made the mistake of making him too evil from the get go. So he couldn't do a redemption arc for the guy in any meaningful way. And maybe he didn't even want to. So, and, and his gas powers are just like, well, smokers literally in the arc too. And so it's kind of like, I don't know. It's he's just a very, uh, kind of a lame villain, honestly. Uh, so I, yeah, I have him D tier, not, not the lowest. I mean, he's, he's ahead of Gekka Moria. Uh, he has a couple other, a couple other villains ahead of him right now. What do you think? Uh, so you hate Hody Jones more than anything. 
Caesar Clown is my Hody Jones. Oh man. I hate this character. This character single-handedly is is the only thing that has ever stopped me from reading One Piece for a period of time. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, I, I I hate his presence. I hate his characterization. I hate, he is everything that is bad about characters like Wapple and Buggy and even Gecko Moria all rolled into one. He is insufferable. He's not even slimy enough for me to actually believe that he's the one who did that stuff to those kids. Yeah, uh, I, for, I agree. I mean, like he and and then and then Oda makes the baffling decision to keep him in the story mm-hmm. for far too. Because I think he knew he wanted to do the Mads thing, and so he was like, I, "Oh yeah, yeah and I, I keep and him." And I know, but I'm gonna be real with you. If Mads didn't include Caesar Cloud, it would have it would change nothing. I'd be interested more in like if Queen and Vin Smoke had had a reunion, a reunion kind of thing, and done it that way. But yeah, you know, maybe they still yeah, will. It's, it is if it uh, like it, like. And the fact that, like, Caesar shows up at freaking cover stories, I, I hate him. Every time he comes up, he is insufferable. I think, like, this is not a criticism of the vocal performance, but I think that even the, the voice actor understands that he is just supposed to be unlikable in every sense of the word. Mm-hmm. And so, like, even in the anime, I can't stand it. You're right. The pow- Like, the powers are the only thing that's interesting because of that little technicality with pulling the oxygen out of the air. And then that ceases to work, and he's useless uh you know i just he's supposed to be like a devilish design but he's a clown we have a clown we don't we he's a good clown we don't need another one i just he i find him this annoying amalgamate of bad ideas that just will not go away and the longer he's in the story unlike most of these characters where the longer they're in the story and oda gets to flesh them out we get to spend more time with them they become more compelling or we like them more or or we even grow to love them i loathe this character so much more than more like like yeah blackbeard got ace killed a uh, uh, kainu actually did it but Caesar Clown is just so much more deserving of jail, <laughs> honestly. Uh, so for me, I want him in the F tier. I know you want to keep it pure, but I I hate him that much. I'll okay. one option. You could bank your favor. I would want to split the difference. I'm I'm saving the favor. I would want to split the difference. The I would put him at the very bottom of D tier past Morgan. But I, I, I need to, I need to save the favor. I feel like I need to save the favor, so I will let you do that. That must feel kind of bad. Maybe I, I hate him. I hate him. Maybe later, <laughs> I really do. Maybe later, I'm gonna be so like it's gonna be a delayed move, and I might be like, you know what, Travis, you get Caesar Clown, you get Caesar Clown in the F tier. He just, he just, he is the definition of overstays his welcome. All right. Caribou is way more interesting comparatively. They could have just kept Caribou on the ship, <laughs> which they did, but like you know. All right. I, I, I don't know. Um, in the background of this, to let you cook, I, uh, I moved a couple more villains that'll come up later. I see that. I see that. I did. And I, and I like I like where you're going with that, I think. I, I, made, a, I made a late stage decision based on what you were saying about Caesar. Um, this, this, episode's, this episode's long enough as it is. It's fine. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, okay, next up we have uh, Doflamingo. Uh, Doflamingo, A tier. In fact, I could I could be persuaded to move him past a Kainu. Right now, I have him just past a Kainu. Doflamingo, I mean, seeing Luffy not that smile off his face was brilliant. Uh, he's in the story a lot. I think he's going to come back. His backstory is brilliant. Um, the way that he sets up the whole Dressrosa arc, I love his design. I love his powers. I love him. He's such a great villain. One of the best villains. Uh, in fact, as I talk about it, I'm like, man, maybe, maybe I do move him past a Kainu, quite honestly. Should I do it? 
Uh, I mean, you should move him past Akainu and then a little bit further up that you list, want him if in you don't S-tier. mind. You want him in S-tier. This is, this is my favorite. This is my favorite. Because you see, I right. think Doflamingo... I think Doflamingo is is the definitive One Piece vil- villain. Um, n- you know, Blackbeard, of course. Again, I don't think I don't think I could make the case, even though I personally, just from a likability standpoint, would say you know Blackbeard's a great character. But we've seen just how bad Doflamingo is. Um, I think Doflamingo represents the actual evil that Oda wants to depict in in this series. I think. That when he, I, you know, when when he first introduces that the character in the meeting of the seven warlords, I don't even think we could have fathomed the kind of, uh, you know, the kind of nonsense that would that this man would represent. Um, you think about the, you know, the the Oda took a celestial dragon and made him worse, and made him this vile, completely irredeemable piece of work it's almost single-handedly why i left charlos off the list because i was like yeah. he, he really yeah is doflamingo is the real epitome of what charlos represents the, the the cruelty that he represents not just in dressrosa but in law's backstory in corazon's history in his own backstory um doflamingo you know he is so vile that the that the pain that he does suffer as a child you almost don't think about. You think about what I Corazon didn't. went through, but you don't think about what he goes through. You yeah. cannot sympathize with him. Uh, a lot of people say that he's the crocodile who succeeded, and that's absolutely true. Yes, and and you know, and yeah, it does make his defeat that much more satisfying. But I do think he is, um, you know, you know, Blackbeard will probably be the most powerful, you know, the most potent overall villain in the in the story. But we see the complete picture of Doflamingo now over the course of One Piece, and they're just. Even looking at the characters we still have to look at, none of them to me compare um, in terms of just you are the most villainous character we have we have seen. You know, we know some things about some other characters. We know that this crown will probably eventually be taken. Uh, but, the, but the reality is, is that Doflamingo is a character who knows the truth of the world in one piece. And he what he decided to do with that was I... I am going to raise the earth. Like not only knowing the truth and, you know, wanting power or, or prestige or the, no, everything was in service of wanting to just be, I mean, frankly, he's like the Joker, but what if he was good as a character instead of this amalgamate of uh, anarchist memes that the, that the Western characters become, I mean, he calls himself Joker even, but it's just, there's, there's just you know he is a heightened kind of villain i mean even just like the whole the, the impetus of like what what his subordinate does to the people of dress rosa is like to this day it's like one of the most right. messed up things in all of one piece the, the things the things he enables the pies he has his hands in and it's not for his own gain it is simply because he thinks that the entire world has wronged him that he that it revolves around him and he's not done and uh, and he's not done and it, it is just this poison. You, you think about, you know, the, the, the celestial dragons, what we learned at the very last chapter of One Piece. We've met a character who looks like a, you know, just, just as devoid of humanity. And yet 
Do Flamingo, you know, is a per, like a a, a, pers, uh, a perversion of that perversion, which is just insane to think about. But that's really what he is. So I would put him in the S tier. I would put him high up on that S tier. I think he really is the best villain Oda has, you know, completely delivered to us. Um, you know, again, barring things like the fact that you know Blackbeard exists, but like he is, he is my tippy top, honestly. Okay, so you do get to cash in a favor. Which means you can put him anywhere in S tier that you want, and I I will go along with it. That is your right as an as an American One Piece fan. So, <laughs> so um, I am gonna put him over Crocodile. I'm gonna leave Blackbeard at the top so that we don't get hate mail. All right. I'm I'm not a fool. I'm <laughs> I'm passionate, but I'm not a fool. Passionate, but not a fool. I love it. That's very uh. A very Travis kind of saying. All right, so I am moving him now. And uh, yeah, S-tier gets another fallen angel. <laughs> and uh, Travis, I, because you did mention something that made convince me. It's like, there is another character I was debating putting on here. And uh, I have decided based on how you positioned that whole thing to add him to the mix. So we'll get to All that. right. There we go. The real spoilers will come. Yeah, you were waiting for this one. Our I was wondering, too, if you were going to be like, all right, John, you need to get into... Into, into shape but okay I, I don't even know where i'm gonna put this character yet but okay in the meantime uh after doflamingo we get fujitora uh who also gets uh you know a lot to do in this arc look fujitora he's not a villain he's an antagonist he's, he gets in the way i think that he has shown to be a, a more righteous character otis as he he's like what humane righteous justice whatever it is uh, i've been in b tier though because he's devastating and I do think that, like Smoker, he he is certainly an enemy. Um, he's not a character who is going to, you know, he will clash with the Straw Hats as needed. Very powerful character, too. Uh, compelling. Interesting. I think he's B-tier. Lower end of B-tier. Right now, I have him past Ors and ahead of a couple other characters. Uh, I could be persuaded, though. Travis, how are you feeling about him? I think you're right. I think you got it in the right spot. I will note, too. That while Fujitora comes off in the main story as, you know, someone who we think might defect or do something righteous, I think he's more complicated than that. And the only reason I say that is because we know why he, well, we don't know why he blinded himself, but we know that whatever reason he, whatever he did it for was he witnessed something atrocious. And I'm going to be real. It's a safe bet he was complicit in whatever that was. I think you were going to say is like he helped Oda write the Caesar clown character. <laughs> the Caesar clown character. His crime was uh, inventing Caesar uh, Caesar clown. <laughs> and I mean, and I mean, I think that's something we're going to learn. Um, I don't know if it's going to be like a full flashback or anything like that. But cause, I mean, we don't know how much time the story has left. But, uh, you know, in terms of like, you know, he was drafted in the military. I'm not going to hold that necessarily directly against him. But we know he's probably not defecting guys i think i think he's a baddie i think you know just a different kind of baddie kind of like a smoker uh i think he's good where he's at yeah yeah i'm with you there i'm with you um okay so after that character after fujitura uh let's go on and we're getting close to the end here we have jack uh jack i have in the d tier he's the primary antagonist of zoe island also a character I wasn't sure about including it because it also mean, meant we would have to include two other characters. I was like, I don't, I don't know if I can. Uh, ultimately, I, I let it happen. I did what I did. Um, no regrets, I guess. Uh, Jack, right now I have him in D tier. He's ahead of Gekka Moria. Uh, so he's one of the top ones. He is powerful. He gets his comeuppance. I think what he does in Zoe is horrifying and that he is a real threat against uh, two very strong characters, Dogstorm and Cat Viper. 
and what he does to the citizens there, the, the way he uses Queen's technology to hurt all his people. I mean, it's terrible. So, but at the same time, he sucks. <laughs> He's just not a very good villain. I don't love his design. His powers are kind of boring, and he just is like a wet blanket of a villain afterward. I, I genuine, genuinely believe he should have died in Zoe. Uh, I think it would have been more impactful, and I think Odo was worried that it would make the Beast Pirates seem too weak. Um, but I think that he should have perished after what happened there, and that we shouldn't have had him factor into Wano at all. Um, just my my two cents. I would have much rather had more uh, Big Mom uh, villains in the mix instead. Uh, that's how I would have done it. But uh, I am not Oda, which hence I'm not nearly as awesome. So there you go. Uh, I I don't really have any uh, any complaints about that. I think I think he's perfectly placed for all those reasons that you mentioned, and he fits in right ahead of Gecko Moria, who has somehow taken more L's than Jack. <laughs> very true, very true. Um, okay, so after Jack, we have Big Mom. This is one I struggled with a bunch. I think some people would look at Big Mom. I mean, I think it runs the gamut. I think some people look at Big Mom and they're just like, she's S tier. You know, like one of the, the top villains. Other people look at her and they're like, honestly, she had so much hype. She should have been S tier, but really she's more B tier. Uh, I think some people would argue because ultimately she's just not a, you know, a character that really doesn't, Luffy doesn't get to beat her. You know, I think some people would be that simplistic about it. I, I split the difference. I think she's an A tier villain. Right now I have her as number two, right behind Akainu and ahead of Aokiji. She is extremely powerful. I think the fact that it takes so much, it takes all that Law and Kid have and then some just to get her out of the fight. It's not even that they necessarily knock her out. Like they do, but they don't. And it's already been promised to us that she's not really defeated. She's going to come back. I think that her backstory is really good. Uh, I think that like the whole thing with like her eating all those children, I mean, my God. And I think those are the arguments where people would be like, she's so powerful. Luffy can't even fight her in the whole Cake Island arc. And so... She's S tier. Some would say, I think the reason I don't have her in S tier and, and maybe you'll disagree. I just, I just don't think she's that good. Like she's just, I, I think her powers are cool, but I just don't think they fully went all the way with it. And that's kind of why I think that she has to come back in the story because I think there is, there's gotta be more to her character. I feel like not, it's not that she was beaten too easily. It's that she was beaten without there being that last twist to her that would have made her defeat all the more satisfying. So that's where it really comes down to me. I think there's a reason Oda didn't let her be the main villain of the arc where she, like, this stuff happens. It had to be tied into Wano and that she falls into Kaido's shadow, quite honestly. So that's that's why I have her A tier. High, but not S tier. Do you agree, disagree? What's going on? Uh, I think I'm going to agree. I think you make a good point. I also, and this is, you know, this is one of those rare times where I am going to criticize Oda just a little bit. I think... I'm not a huge fan of how Oda uses um, fatness for characters. Sometimes, yeah, he's not remotely the he's not remotely the worst character, like the worst writer for this by any stretch. And you know, we have Luffy who who you know eats and eats and eats. Uh, you have characters like Bonnie. Like it's not like you know being hungry or even being gluttonous is wholly framed as an is like a a moral failure or anything like that but you look you think about even going as far back as alveda it, it it comes up from time to time and i frankly i don't feel great about it i think it i i think that part of her character really undermines everything else um i know that it kind of is you can't really have whole cake island without 
some sort of levity of this. I do subscribe to the idea that the emperors are supposed to be mirrors of sorts to Luffy's dream um, and, and, and who he is as a person. So Big Mom representing kind of that impulsiveness, um, that that desire to make a fam a found family and and yeah his 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 own gluttony as like a dark mirror i understand all of that thematically i just think it could have been accomplished without making her the way that she is um in, in such a way as like it's a caricature is what it feels like and i think that really holds her back because that's what she ends up getting locked into even when she does enter the story in wano what is it all about it's all about the food and like it it's really it really drags it down it really hurts her um she's very powerful uh though she is a threat it takes two of the worst generation to even take her down and as you noted we do not have a confirmation of death um but you know a kind who killed ace man that puts him over her i'm sorry it's true yeah. So yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I just, I, I just had to, you know, all of that to say. Yeah, I agree. It's fine. But, uh, but I do think it's, it's one of those things that should be mentioned in that conversation. Cool. Well, if we agree on that, then I guess we should move on. Um, all right. After Big Mom, we have Vince Smoke Judge. Now, this is a character I have in C tier right now, and I kind of have pretty low in C tier. And as I was doing, it, I was like, ah, he could, he could go higher. You know, higher in C tier. I don't know if I would be willing to put him in B tier because it's Judge. Um, like, he does pretty bad things. He's Sanji's, Sanji's dad. Uh, I think a lot of the terrible stuff he's done, as terrible as it's been, I just, I don't feel like the shoe's really dropped at this character yet. And I don't think he's, like, very powerful or has a very compelling power set. He's more compelling in sort of, like, the structure of how he is as a villain. So, right now I have him in between Kuro and Don Krieg. I... I like him there, but I'm not like, I'm not, I wouldn't fight you if you wanted to tweak this a bit. I, I think I do want to tweak him just a little bit. Cause I do, I, I think he is personally more scummy. Like it, it's not that the things he's done overall in the story, it's just the way he's scummy to Sanji specifically. Mm -hmm. It's kind of an Arlong thing and I would not move him to S tier obviously, but like the characters who mess with a straw hat specifically, they they really got it coming, you know. Like I think he's a I think he's a more impactful villain than like Kuro for sure. Like even just inching him up that way, I think would be you know justified. But if you wanted to put him like between Spandam and Wapol, I think you could justify that too. Um, just just the abuse that he inflicts on Sanji, and if I might be so bold, his other children. Yeah. Um, even though they were born the way that they were born, you know, the fact that he did that modification on them, that he robbed them of the ability to have emotion, I think that's cruel in a way that, uh, you know, the the simple mass machinations of Don Krieg wanting to be a wanting to be a warlord just doesn't compare, you know what I mean? Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So then I moved him in between Wapple and Spandam at your recommendation. I'm good with that. There we go. Um all right. Couple couple of monsters hanging out. That works. <laughs> After Judge, we have Katakuri, uh who really is the main, I think, antagonist to Luffy in this arc and Whole Cake Island. Uh Katakuri, I have him number one of B tier. Very powerful villain, very important villain to Luffy. I mean, he really sets the stakes for how tough it's going to be for Luffy to actually de defeat an emperor uh, because he genuinely, like, it, it's kind of remarkable that he really wasn't able to beat Katakuri 
not really. Uh, it was so unbelievably close. And it was just based on Luffy's persistence and wearing him down more than anything else. Uh, I think his powers are really cool. The mochi fruit is really interesting. And like the way he, uh, you know, his design is like so awesome. The, the reason I don't have him higher is because I just think the whole fight itself and like how he operates in the fight is done that well. It's a very tedious fight. And I think that's part, I think partly is because Katakuri as a villain doesn't have a ton of juice and Oda had to really drag it out in, in a way to sort of make the other stuff with Big Mom and the cake and all that work. So I don't love the way his villain was executed and the fact that he hasn't really factored in the story much at all since. Uh, I, I don't feel super strongly about Katakuri, but I do think he's a good villain. So I, I have him tip top of B tier. What, what do you think though? I was thinking about moving him up to A tier because I, I I think the anime really helps that fight a lot um, to make it feel quite a bit more dynamic. But you do, I think you make a good point. I think I think I'm going to agree with you, actually. That's like it's tough, man. It's 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 tough. But I think I think you're right. I when I when I really sit down and think about it. You know, it, it's it's a very fascinating fight, and it's it's again one of those really grueling dust ups that Luffy has sometimes. Like, but it, you know, it's it's in the league of like the Rob Lu- the first Rob Lucci fight. Yeah, it is. And yet, and yet, if if you were to try to tell me like like, could you remember all of all of the details of what happens in in both of those fights? I would remember the Rob Lucci fight ten times over before remembering too much. Same. Uh, I. I think I think the thing that I remember most about the Luffy Katakuri fight to be enti- like an actual piece of choreography is in fact uh, from the OP during that fight in the anime where there's where Luffy's like kind of jumping around and dodging him and there's this like really cool Sakuga turn that Luffy has as he like goes into gear third like that I remember more than the actual <laughs> fight so. Well, the thing that always stuck out to me, I think the future sight stuff is the coolest thing about it. I think the fight started to perk up a bit when Luffy finally was like learning how to do it on the fly. And that was kind of cool. And but then I think part of it, too, is like he beats him by going at a snake man. And it was just such a like, oh, OK. All right. And, and snake man's cool, but it's over pretty quickly after he busts out snake man. Yeah. And it, it's not super clear of like why he had to do snake man exactly. Like They explain it. But again, it's just not that great. Yeah, I think I think I'm going to agree with you. Yeah, I think you make a good point. If he had been more villainous, like if he had like, I don't know, like attacked a cat or something, maybe I'd move him up. That's I mean, that's a good point, too. He's he's kind of he's actually kind of a wholesome bean when you get right down to it. He eats donuts. He's kind of chill. Okay, next up, we have Kaido. Uh, Kaido is the last S tier villain I have on here, although we have, you know, we have at least one other person in the running for S tier, but I just haven't placed them. Uh, Kaido, I have right now directly in the center. Um, I have him after Crocodile. Uh, I have him ahead of Rob Lucci. I don't want to move him. I, I think that he's, this is like perfect for him. He's a great villain in terms of like his design, his power set, how daunting he is, how he is sort of like Crocodile in the sense like he beats Luffy over and over again. And they really stress how tough it is for Luffy to just match up with him. And they really sell, I think, a lot of interesting things about this character. I love his like weird code of honor that isn't very honorable, his fight with Odin. I think that his whole sort of like weird warped sense of the world and what he brings to it, what he wants to do. He's so unbelievably imposing um 
the downside of the character is his backstory never really comes into it. I think Oda was exhausted by the time he got to the point where we had to like kind of see more of Kaido. The anime, though, has been fleshing him out more. We've been getting a little bit more detail in his flashbacks, uh, particularly with Kings. So I, I put Kaido here right in the center. I, I'd like to keep him there. What do you think? I think I think I'm going to agree mostly on on the backstory thing i think if we had gotten and 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 i don't know if it was oda like making like necessary cuts i personally think that that uh you know we're eventually going to get the rocks story and that's going to be going to lend us a lot for kaido but we didn't get it now and that was really disappointing for a lot of people i think a lot more people than i expected just came away from that very annoyed um i think kaido overall is a show don't don't tell character i think everything we need is on the page right there in what he presents in the present day um or or you know to a smaller effect the odin flashback but it makes it really hard to put him over like really, really enriched characters like uh, Crocodile or Doflamingo. Agreed. It, or, or even Rob Lucci. We know more about Rob Lucci's history than we do about Kaido's, even yeah. though we've been told so much. I know we're, uh, we're way over time, but one of the things I wanted to see from Wano is I wanted Luffy to beat Kaido like early and for it to be revealed that Kaido wasn't really the main villain of the arc and that he wasn't really as powerful as everyone thought, and that somebody like King was actually the character who was going to turn around and be like, he was the one working everything from the from behind the scenes, and then he becomes the actual villain. And like, I wanted something out of Wano that was a bit more subversive, is what I'm trying to say, because I just felt like it was so simple. It was so just like Kaido's just this big, powerful character. So what? And I, I liked the idea of like Luffy does everything he can, finally beats Kaido, but like if it had been early in the Rue fight, only for King to show up and like basically wipe everybody out and be like insanely powerful and to tie into Lunarian stuff too. I'd like find how Wano ended in everything, but that was just one of those cases where I got way too into the like dreaming basically in the fantasy, the fan fiction. Um, but I just wanted to put that out there into the universe that there was a little bit of like a me sort of being like, could it happen? Could it happen? No, no. So, so what you're saying is, is what you really wanted was for for Luffy to beat Kaido, and then have one of God's knights show up and just do what Kuma did in Thriller Park. Honestly, like kind of, or just like have some kind of like character swoop in and be like, you think Kaido is the real emperor, and then like have like a recontextualization of everything that Kaido has been through, down to like him beating Odin, um, and it being revealed there's more to that than next than we thought i i think that that would have made wano really feel like something beyond what it is but we don't this is not the conversation yeah. no <laughs> i no i uh no i i appreciate that idea but i also read all of naruto so like that particular that does, type you're of right twist that does, does have a little bit of naruto to it doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> that particular twist is like ah no naruto did that and yeah, yeah. let me tell you that really hurts the end fair enough fair enough <laughs> um okay orochi Orochi's the next one here. I mean, he's evil. He sucks. No one likes him. Get him out of here. Uh, I have him in C tier. I have him between Don Krieg and Boa Hancock. He's a he, there's something interesting to him as a villain in terms of like the legacy of it, uh, how far he goes with his villainy, how hard it is to kill him, what he does, all the characters. But you get to the point where like it, not even Kaido cares. He like cuts off his head and like he's just running around and nobody, no one cares what Orochi is up to, including uh, Kinemon. <laughs> We're just like uh, okay, but where is uh, if anything should should I include uh, what's his face the 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 traitor 
I'm blanking on his name for some no. reason. No, because he's just a subordinate. You're right. You're gone right. On okay, yeah, he's a henchman. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, uh, uh, you know, uh, Orochi strikes me very much similar to Spandam in that you know they're both very cruel, terrible people. But at the end of the day, they are they're petulant more than they are you know um, threats or even like particularly villainous. Like like uh, if if Orochi hadn't been like nepo babied up, you know through subterfuge you know like like the shakespearean plot that puts orochi in his place is far more interesting than he is um i i love i do appreciate that he is one character that oda decided no he doesn't get to live we don't get to do gags with him later um you know he he is he is he is cruel enough to uh to that he has to go he is one character that i that oda actually straight up like no he's too evil but like yeah he sucks man like i i I would maybe move him above like our east blue block that we've got going on in c tier okay so ahead over there by spandam okay yeah yeah if only because he is just oh he's such a slimy piece of work you know what i mean that's fair but he is not he's not interesting he's like he's he's just evil for the sake of being evil and that serves the story's purpose just fine but like man does it like for these purposes he sucks yeah, yeah. fair enough fair enough i i did add i added conjuro i put him between morgan and caesar Clang. <laughs> fine <laughs> <laughs> I hate him. Just, just so we don't have to debate him <laughs> yeah exactly exactly okay uh next up after conjuro um we have king and queen i, I want to just do these as a block i put them in b tier after fujitora i think they're good villains i think they serve their purpose but they are henchmen and so i don't want to elevate them too much um i think they're better than c tier i think that they uh again they serve their purpose i think you could almost make the case that queen is a better villain because queen really kind of had more of a command of that se- second act as the antagonist to luffy but i mean ultimately he doesn't do that much so and i think king is way cooler so i have it i have it the way it is uh what do you think uh i do agree king is way cooler i would i would almost i think you're right by the way but i would almost rule of cool king up to a tier just by you know Wow. Again, rule of cool. Uh, but you're you're probably right. I would like to, he's like an A tier villain design and construct, but he, there's just not enough of him, I think, but to justify it. We don't get we don't get enough uh, and again I think Oda's just keeping some secrets to his chest that he doesn't want to play out yet. Sure. And that really holds back King in particular. I hundred percent. So I hope he comes yeah, back. Yeah. I would love that. I I thought he was so cool. Uh, what a great fight, him and Zoro. Yeah. What a great brawl. And the anime made it so awesome. They, they nailed but, it. Yeah, yeah. They're, we can leave them. They're, they're good. They're good where they're at. We only have a few left. And uh, the next we, one, We're almost there. Yeah, we're almost there, finally. Thank God. Uh, Ryokugu. I have him after... Or no, I have him before Fujitora. So I have him after Ors in the B tier. So he's kind of close to the center uh, I think that the, the reason I have him as high as I do is like he, he's very, very like villainous. Um, he is just like an Akainu fanboy. I think we're going to get more fun stuff with him. I like how he gets undermined at, at the Reverie stuff. I like that he kind of does his, he does kind of like defy orders. And there's something interesting about him. His powers are cool. Uh, and I like that he's in the story because we need another character like him. I have him 
ahead of Fujitora just because like he's clearly more of a villain and I think that he's going to come into play more and more. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I have him here. He's not that interesting yet, um, but uh, maybe he will be later. I think that fits though since we have Kizaru ahead of him um, to what you were arguing earlier. So are, are you good with the placement? I think I am. I, I think there's a case to be made for moving him up B tier because we got we got that big, you know, that big fashy talk out of him when sure. he appeared at Wano, right? But we don't really know the extent of what he could do. You know, between Kizaru and him, we've got two, you know, really big, heavy hate hitting fighters. Uh, you know, again, the B tier really feels like the power scaling tier. <laughs> and uh and and uh at, at the end of the day, all we've really seen Green Bull actually do is heal Wano's land and get absolutely uh, windmill slammed by Shanks staring at him too hard. So, yeah, yeah, he's good. <laughs> he's good where he's at, I think. All right, all right. York is next. How about that? Uh, York, I have sure. top of D tier. York is not a great villain. <laughs> I mean, it. Yeah, the reason I have York high up on D tier is because they do play up the traitor reveal, I guess. Um, there is something interesting about York's intentions. The smile is really creepy. Uh, and the idea of evil Vegapunk is interesting. Um, but I mean, I could almost be persuaded to move her down. It's just, I'm not, I'm kind of too neutral on York to like really move her past characters I more vividly hate, like Gecko Moria. Um, and I think there's more of the character to come. So I think top of D is fair because she could prove to be higher like she could prove to be like oh maybe she's more seats here i don't see it coming but uh i don't know where, where do you land on that uh i think she's good where she's at if only because uh she yeah the, the murder mystery really does help that a lot um i've i've come around on the reveal i think over time um i think you and i both had some issues with it when it happened but you know, the more the more that we that we've spent talking about it and and that we've seen of like other things going on in the world, um, I think I like it more where it's at. Um, yeah, you're right. We're probably not getting like a big um, like threat from her going forward just because we know who's coming. But at the same time, I mean, she's better than Moria. She's she's more menacing than Moria. Uh, she hasn't taken an L. <laughs> So, right, right. you know, like that's, that's better than Jack. So yeah, I, th I think I'm, I could change my tune on that, but right, right now I think we're good. Um, and then that brings us to the Gorosei, Emu and Figurland Garling. I, I want to create a new tier called W tier and the W stands for WTF. Maybe just call it WTF tier. I've grouped them into their own no, little square. It's, an, it's a, it's a, um, it's a, it's a, because it's too early, isn't it? We have seen these characters do some stuff. We Garling to the least extent, but I just, I just don't think we can really judge yet where Emu and the Gorosei land. Um, we've only gotten as recently as the last couple chapters glimpses into what they're capable of. And it's it's so vague. We don't know their true motivations yet. Gorosei is the only one where I could see, and I, I grouped them together because th there hasn't been enough distinction between them. Um, I could see you make the case that Gorosei have been in the story long enough and they have had enough moments in the story to be like, you know what, let's put them in, let's say B tier or A tier. Um, the, the, it would be either one of those tiers, I think. Um, probably B tier because just genuinely there just hasn't been enough of them. But I like the idea of a WTF tier because it kind of hints that we don't know where to put them yet. <laughs> but, you know, what do you think? 
yeah, we could put it there because, frankly speaking, I'm you know we're still we're still uh, settling in from just how like the thing that we have seen them do, you know, are war crimes. Like like we're right out of the gate outside of like commanding things or just kind of existing or in the case of Emu, literally just standing around. Yeah. Uh, immediately the actions that they take are war crimes. A king is murdered. Um, uh, uh, you know, they unleash a super weapon on an island because it's nearby. Like, uh, like where they are, they're going to be the tippy top of villainy for sure. Where, you know, but like, it's hard to define that because like, it's on a scale that's so different from like what, any villain on this list even represents um it's 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 you know kind of hard to quantify right now until we get more information right. yeah yeah and garling especially because it's like where would we put we haven't seen garling do anything it was it's the all last just, page we've yes, seen exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> so i i think this is pretty fair um i grouped them together i put them all in the wtf tier and with that that is the entire list so right now we have blackbeard as number one we have uh, Doflamingo is number two. We have Crocodile number three. Only one favor was banked, and heartily so. I'm looking at the list again. I mean, do you see, do you have any notes? Do, is there anything that's kind of sticking out to you? Like, did we make the right call? I, I, nothing's sticking out to me. I'm feeling good. Uh, Caesar Clown is still where I don't want him to be, but other than that. <laughs> Caesar Clown's <laughs> all the way at the bottom of D tier. Uh, so as it turned out, we ended up adding more to B tier. Um, so right now there are... In fact, there's more people in S tier than A tier. Way to go, Oda. Um, yeah, we have seven people in S tier. We have six in A tier. We have nine in B tier. I want to stop counting. Um, we have uh, one less in C tier than D tier, it looks like. So, I mean, that that seems right to me. I mean, it seems right to me in the sense that, like, there have been great One Piece villains. There have been lots of, like, less great One Piece villains along the way. But I feel like there, what makes the manga work is that you can find just great villains like scattered throughout and never feels like we go a super long time without a great one piece villain right definitely well uh we will share this out on the discord i literally was designing it in real time um, as travis was probably watching like <laughs> man am i that am i that am i going on that long <laughs> john is just like goofing off with the with the, yeah, the illustrator here but uh let us know what you think the, about our list and who you think the best one piece villain is i could see some people say it's doflamingo and be like ah you guys are putting blackbeard ahead too soon um because he hasn't really been a villain yet but i i i've made my argument i will uh, stand by it um are you sure you're good with blackbeard as number one this is your last chance travis yeah i mean at the end of the day i th i think it would be uh, you know all the things we talked about right uh just the, the way that he hovers over the story. Um, he's done many villainous things already. It's not like we're just like, oh, we're expecting him to do a thing. We know quite a bit about him. And the things that we don't know about him are not just like teases. They're not just Oda going to hee hee. They are fundamental things that we know are going to need to be resolved uh, alongside things of the story. Um, you know, why, do, why does uh, Blackbeard have two devil fruits? Well, we're still learning right now yeah 
things about devil fruits uh you know the the answers are going to come and they're intrinsically tied to the the, this world um and these final conflicts as we're in the final saga so like like again personally i think doflamingo is my favorite villain um but that's only because he's fully formed i think for the purposes of what we're really doing here uh, yeah blackbeard is inevitable simply put like it's cringy to do the meme but that's really it we will be at. Uh, we will be back next week if I can speak um, to talk about the newest One Piece chapter. Ten eighty seven is due to come out next week. Thank you so much for everybody who's been sticking with us as we've been working through this hiatus, uh, delivering uh, definitely uh, different kinds of things. It's been a lot of fun, Travis. But I'm ready to get back into One Piece. I hope we get at least two chapters in a row, if not more. And uh, and of course, we'll be catching up on the latest chapters from Travis's perspective, since Travis didn't have a chance to talk about 85 or 86, 1085 or 1086. So we might be able to fit that in too, but hopefully it won't be over two hours like this was. <laughs> that was enough. Uh, yeah, I'll talk much faster. <laughs> All right. See you, everybody.